internet. You are tuned in to the Combat Jack Show. The Combat Jack Show. Com. Yo, Premium Pete, what's, what's up, on, man? Combat? Man, listen, first and foremost, man, I'm still amazed and awestruck. Talk to me. At our last episode, man, with the incredible Chuck D and Keith Shockley, man, Public Enemy Ooh. number yeah. one, man. First and foremost, it was, it, was, it was so amazing to sit down with one of our living legends. You know what I'm saying? And then just to have Chuck go on and on and, and on. on. So... You know, after Chuck recorded damn near four hours of content, we sat internet, we sat in the studio, and he recorded three hours and 45 minutes of content. So the dilemma was at that point, what the fuck do we do with three <laughs> hours and 45 minutes of content of Chuck D and Keith Shockley? So now the team started coming together, and the back office like, well, what do we do? Do we chop this up? into two pieces, do we chop this up into three pieces? You know what I'm saying? Some of our celebrity friends that you were talking to, Pete, was chop it up in two. And we were, we were so worried because we understand that in 2014, our bandwidth for content is so limited. We don't have that attention span. True story. But then our producer, Jonathan Mena, who, who produced such a crazy intro, he was like, yo, man, like, y'all sound pussy, man. Like, put the whole fucking thing out you know he chopped he, he cut it was there was no fat on the episode nope. but he cut out like about what like about 15 minutes switchblade yeah we were talking a lot so he cut 15 minutes of the episode out he was like yo y'all not gonna ride with this episode i'm not this is gonna be the episode without a pause and i was like fuck it let's rock but i was real into this i gotta tell y'all man i was real nervous because we never put out anything over three hours before and like i said man we live in an age where we have limited attention span so we put it out on tuesday and you motherfuckers ate that shit up, B. Yeah. Y'all got y'all y'all ate it up. And 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 I gotta thank y'all, man, because you know, we you know, we're changing convention, man. We 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 we're changing the game, man. This 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 platform that we're on, this podcast, new media platform is brand new, man. And and I hate being one of the pioneers, man, but we're really changing this shit. That's but awesome. most importantly, most importantly, what you guys taught me is like, yes, we have limited attention span. In this, in this internet age. But particularly, we have a limited attention span for the bullshit. The fuckery. The bullshit. I call that shit the microwave era. The microwave era. Real and, shit. And, and basically, what, are y'all, what y'all are telling the power brokers and the gatekeepers is if somebody gives you quality content, it doesn't matter the fuck how long this shit is. So internets, man, y'all deserve a round of applause. You goddamn selves. And I thank y'all for that, man. Cheer. You know, I'm not going to dwell on this, man, because we got to keep moving forward, man. But, you know, the thing that stuck with me out of the three hours and a half of Chuck D and Keith Shockley speaking is how Chuck was saying, man, back in the day, man, you couldn't just get on the mic and get on stage. You damn near had to be a superhero. You had to bring something to the game. You had to change the game. Motherfuckers had to look at you on stage like how we look at athletes. Even the worst team out there that y'all are booing, there's no way niggas could get up and go on, you know, go on the court and do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Right now, the, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad that the internet age changed, like, the access that we have. So, like, we limited the, 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 the power that the gatekeepers have. But we also got to have a standard, man. And I'm not shitting on the game. I'm not one of, trying to be one of them old cats, like, back Damn, in the I- day, this and that. But at the same time, man, who are we cheering 
who are we cheering? We might as well give our mailman a deal. We oh, might as well shit. give our, you know what I'm saying, the motherfucker that makes our pizza a deal. This is what's going on right now. Access is too easy. We got to demand more from people that represent this culture. Cheer. Real talk. Now, I'm just talking, man, because I'm still on a high from, from the Chuck D. Keith Shockley episode, and I'm a little nervous, too, man, because there's no way we're going to top that shit. Listen, man. it's not even about topic <laughs> combat, but one thing before we bring in our guest yeah. this week, I will say we must thank Worldwide, International. I mean, the love all over the world. I'm talking about Germany. I'm talking about Brazil. I'm talking about fucking London. Australia. I'm talking about all our South regular- Africa. Our regular United States cats, man. All of that every, shit. Listen- Fucking, we appreciate you, man. Salutes to you, and thank you for fucking staying with us, checking in, and dealing with, with, with the content that we're giving you each week, every week. So now, I've been following this man on social media, and he's loud, Internet. This man is real loud, so loud on so many different levels. But when, when, when I start looking at his history, man, it's real complex. And listen, Internet. Welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Ben Baller. Ben Baller, what's up, Cheer. man? What's good, man? What's going on? Yo, first of all, Premium Pete, I heard a lot about you. Same thing with you, Combat Jack. Most recently, it was crazy. Um, this, this show is going to go all the fuck from far left to far right. Fuck all the misconceptions. Hip-hop has changed so much. You got to understand. I've said this maybe in a few interviews, but I never really have full carte blanche just to say what the fuck I want to. Say the fuck and, what you want to. And... Just to start out saying that there's people in 2014 that hit me like, yo, you don't know shit about ball. You don't know shit about hip hop. And I laugh. And the funny thing is. Who's saying got, this to you, man? I'm saying random like followers, trolls, this and that. And they sit there <laughs> and cats that are like, you know, I mean, I don't even want to say anything just yet to get pumped up right. on this microwave era rap that's around now. But I'm talking about, fam, you got to remember. I've been there. I was there on stage to the side watching Pac rock a show. I've been to see. That's not even on that level. I've been involved on a professional end watching Organized Confusion, watching the Coco Brothers when there was Smith & Wesson. It could go on forever, okay? You remember, I lived out here, B. You know, I have to go both sides, but it was hip-hop. It's not about anything else. I'm not looking at black. I'm not looking at anything else. I've seen people try to catch me in some shit with using, you know, like, Hey, you use the N-word and da-da-da-da-da or something like that. What? And, the, and I've shut so many people down regardless. None of that really matters. But what I'm trying to say now is cats will know, hopefully after hearing this show, where I stand. I can't really speak on behalf of anything post-2004, really. I only can what tell you, you what I What do you mean? In terms I, of the music? Music-wise, 2004. Yeah, you can. You know, I mean, okay. I'm saying, you know, I was part of, I was there when, when Drake was making So Far Gone. You know, and I fuck with a couple different cats here and there making some music here and there. And I might admit I co-signed some people. I might not really fuck with too much musically, but I felt like that's part of the game. <laughs> I had I had an avenue. Who Ben? Who Ben Baller? Who don't you fuck let, with musically? Let, let me not say that. But yeah, let you say that, Ben. Oh no, let, let, let's <laughs> get into. We'll get into some more shit. But I'm saying, you know, I feel like if I can help somebody, let me help them. But like you said, this microwave era shit. This, you know, no one want to cook the pot up slow, cold with heat. You know what I'm saying? And, and like. When I started seeing people making albums in hotel rooms, I don't give a fuck how advanced Pro Tools and everything else. It's, and I understand there's money and there's other shit and studios closed down. At the end of the day, Quincy Jones did not make Thriller inside of a hotel room. No. And that's what I'm just basically what, you know, whatever. So um, I ran into Stevie J last, last Saturday. Me and Stevie J have been friends for about 18 years. Mm. I was there when he first got his deal. He was doing music for me when I was an executive. He signed it to Diddy. I couldn't, I couldn't pay him the same kind of thing, whatever. And he was making heat. 
And I told him, I said, yeah, I got to go to New York. I got a couple photo shoots. I got this combat jacket. He said, yo, combat jacket is my man. And then more people. What intrigued me to even hit you or at you, whatever it may be, was the fact that me and Dame go back. And I know there's a bad rap that a lot of people compare me and him together. At the end of the day, people say, oh, you know, I can't be friends with someone who, um, if I don't fuck with him, you shouldn't fuck with him or this and that. And then people say, oh, well, it depends on what Dame's done. But from day one, from meeting him, me and him both being loud individuals, he's always kept it 300 with me. And so I had to always keep a 300 back. There's a lot of things that me and him have that are outside of hip-hop that we fuck with and whatever. That intrigued me. With that being said, it's not that I have a short attention span. I do. That was prior to any of the bullshit. Dame is my man. So when I found out he was on the show about this culture vulture thing, which we could get into in a minute... I didn't understand fully. Damn, Flex, he's just laying everything out. I'm saying, <laughs> Flex, Flex, follow me and everything. But the thing is, I just had a baby. Right. Just had a baby. So six weeks ago. Thank you. So you know what that is? Man. No sleep. I got another kid terrorizing the house. All my nice shit getting thrown out and everything. So pretty much so hard to get bits and pieces. So I didn't really get to finish that. Then I get on the airplane and Flex, first class, the the, the Wi-Fi ain't really proper. Right. So the show was stopping every like six minutes. And it was like, I'm like, yo, I'm trying to get this now. And, you know, of course, you know, you do your homework. I'm not the type of person to do the homework right before class or right. the night before. I'm trying to get it done. And that was the only time I had. I had some peace and quiet on the plane. So, but that was the main reason. And don't get wrong. I'm just saying, damn, he went on there for two hours. Two hours. Shit. Two hours. I need it. And you said Chuck D three and a half. You talking about? Well, basically, I, I, damn near four. Yeah. And I, and I idolize this man. You know, <laughs> like I said, I'm from way beginning. You know, what I mean, I'm older, or whatever. So I'm just letting you know, man. We about to we about to get it in. Okay. Well, you know, you you amaze me, man, because here you are, man. You're a very successful businessman right now in the jewelry business. Like you, you, you're killing it in jewelry. You're like the jeweler to the stars, like. You know the 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 Justin Bieber's and 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 I saw you your Instagram uh, Susan Sarandon and and all these stars man you know yeah. and I'm like how do you make the transition from like a valid music executive to jewelry and doing it you know what I'm saying but let's go back man let's go back you got your name because you used to play basketball I used to play ball I played ball and you grew up where I grew up in Koreatown LA okay. You got to remember, people got misconceptions about Koreatown, so I'll give you a one-minute real quick rundown. Okay. Koreatown, founded, you know, in the 70s, early 70s, you know, it's a small area. Now Koreatown is fucking huge. Huge. Now, the thing is, it is obviously a very predominantly Korean business. I mean, it's all Korean business-owned. But back then, you got to understand, it was mostly Latinos, a little bit of blacks, Korean-owned businesses, but not many Korean residents. You feel me? So you got to understand- immigrants moving in still coming in yeah migrating you know and like you know growing up you know i was a break dancer you know i was an extra in the movie breaking that's when i met ice t yeah 1982 83 so but so what are your parents saying man because you're assimilating too much (laughs) with black culture in a traditional korean family in a traditional korean family education the whole nine my brother and sister a lot older than me i was the baby of the family my brother was really into earth wind and fire barquets um he was listened he to a little bit. Of, it, <laughs> my brother smoked a little weed back in the day. I never knew about that, you right. know. But he Parliament Funkadelic, you know. And I started realizing. I was like, "Yo, man!" He had started putting together a couple Africa Babada records, you know, Soul Sonic Force, Planet Patrol, all the, the Time Boy records. And I was like, "Yo, I'm in." 
And I remember seeing a couple, you know, a couple cats break, and I was like, yo, I want to learn what you're doing. So the thing is, I never looked at it as a black thing. I always looked at it as a hip-hop thing because I got into it as deep as graffiti. Right. I was a graffiti DJ, breakdancing. Only thing I didn't do was rap. Right. That's the only thing I didn't do. I'm, you know, so pretty much that started out of Koreatown. During that era, you have to understand, there was five major gangs within my entire neighborhood. Now, people are like, oh, blah, 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 whatever. Mata Savatucha, MS-13, was founded and born and bred in Koreatown. You're talking about the biggest gang in the world, and they didn't fuck around. And there was a lot of other shit going on in that area. They cut shit. They cut shit off motherfuckers. Oh, whole other, whole other, whole other <laughs> gang. Ears. Going back to whatever, so you know, I grew up in that area. The thing is, most of the Korean kids I grew up with, you know, they kind of like video games, but like these guys was into baseball cards and flash cards. Certain things I could fuck with on them. They had no interest in sports, playing sports. You know what I'm saying? They had no interest in music like I did. If they did, it was like George Michaels or Wham or whatever the fuck was big back then. Maybe a couple of them had like Depeche Mode. But, you know, it was very limited of what I can hear, you know, how I, where I can hear music, hip-hop music in L.A., you know, during the radio time. During that time, it was once in a while you hear it on K-Rock, which is like a super alternative rock station. You know, I ended up playing ball. I wasn't very good. And I knew I just had to practice, get a little better. I knew I was a little taller than the average person. But you know, like around twelve. Taller years, than the average Asian. Taller, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm the, saying no, no, I'm saying, Asian. I'm saying that also. Yeah, yeah, the average Asian, and you know, um, I just been blessed with the opportunity. That's why you know sometimes you may hear me say I'm like the Asian Forrest Gump. Okay. You know, so. You run, know, Ben, run. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I got a, uh, I got kicked out of nine schools in a matter of five years. Why are you getting kicked out, man? I got kicked out for gang activity. People said, "Oh man, Nick Cannon and gang." Like, Don't ever compare me. No one can ever compare me to these other people because they see me portray a certain image because. I'm filtered by not just my wife, who's from, you know, prominent, like, family, very good, well-behaved person. You know, like, I've been around hooligans all my life, you know? But it was stupid So what, what role did you play, man, in, with the hooligans, man? Was you the lookout? Was you the shooter? Like, what, what role would you play, man? Uh, most of the time, it was running money from one area to the other because they would never expect an eight-year-old kid running, you know, money. It's a money, money carrier. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, it ended up being, you know, those little small things here and there. And it wasn't, okay. In the de- in the definition, yeah, I was a drug dealer, but at the same time, I was picking up a brown bag. Didn't know why I was, you know, what it, what it was. And to tell you the truth, I never got curious enough to look in the bag. Right. I was just told what I was supposed to do. I'd run a different area on the bicycle, come back, bang. Th- you know, this is the '80s, and like, you know, I just said, you know what, maybe ball might be the question. Who right. knows? We'll see. I started playing a little bit. I started working out. I was still smaller, but then I got real serious with it. And I met a couple cats who embraced me, and they took me in. Older cats that were doing their thing. And I remember not making the team freshman year, and I felt like, yo, man, I really was that good enough to get there. Not best, but I was good enough to be you on the bench. think you were discriminated against? Mm, a little bit, maybe. And then the 10th grade, didn't make it. Then they had a tryout at the end of 10th grade, and, and, and I got on, right? By junior year, I was dunking, okay? That's some shit to see when you see someone at six feet, an Asian skinny dude, you know, with a crazy haircut now. You know, I played against Harold Miner in high school. Steve Nash? Played, that was in college. In college, okay. Steve Nash was in college. Harold Miner in high school. I'll tell, I tell you one thing. Once, once the girls seen an Asian dunk, then that's when your groupie uh, status had to start. You know? it, it was definitely. But well, the thing is, the crazy thing is, is I moved around a lot. So in schools, people were like, at when I was at the one school in, in Koreatown, it was all Mexicans. It was very few Asian people. So pretty much. They wasn't really playing ball, a little bit of playing football. The thing is, people don't understand, back then, I don't know how much trouble I'm going to get, and I don't know how much, but fuck it, I'm going to say it, but there's a major, gigantic gang, almost as big as Mata Savatucha, they're called 18th Street. And 18th Street had a bunch of different cliques, so they had like 
almost like subsidiaries. Like, you know, you have Lexus or you have Honda, you have Lexus, this, that, blah, blah, whatever, all the companies they own. 18th Street had a lot of different cliques. So you might be LA, you might be West Side, you might be South Side, 18th Street, you could be New York, who fucking knows. A lot of these cliques started out actually being football teams. Mm. Like, and it was like, for real, like some outsider shit, you know what I mean? So it was crazy. So anyways. Now, had while you were getting deeper in sports, man, were you like letting go of the street shit? I had no involvement in street shit at all whatsoever. Okay. So you now, just focus on being an athlete but, and a student. But the drug dealers was buying me Jordans and shit like that and everything. You know, Invested in you. Definitely. So, um, I, I heard, played, man, somebody told me, man, you always had a hustle, man. Always. I mean, even in sixth grade, I was selling Transformers in the hood. I, I got busted to a better, better neighborhood. I was selling Transformers. And then um, I started selling candy. I mean, pretty much, dog, I was sell fucking anything. So how are you doing all this hustling and then you end up working at Burger King, man? Um, so basically, my brother's friend, this dude, Billy Merritt, I have no idea where Billy is now, but his dad owned a Burger King. Yo, let me get a job here. And the next thing I know, the crazy thing is, I, I'll tell you where all the money went. It was, um, I had a job at Burger King, and I kind of thought I was the shit. I was like, yo, I work at Burger King, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is before Beverly Hills High, so this is kind of like Fairfax, where it's almost acceptable. Fairfax still has some celebrities. We had Anthony Kiedis. We had, you know, mm. a couple other cats, Rocker, Iris Science, you mm. know. Um, but so... I had the job there. I'm 16, no car, nothing, but taking I didn't bus, realize I, I was taking the bus. Yo, how hard is that, man? This is the crazy thing about Living LA. Living in, in Los Angeles, yeah. taking the bus. I remember sitting on the bench and people like give me the middle finger and shit like that. And I'd see people and, and like the funny thing is with the bus, I rode the bus so fucking much. Like I did some crazy shit. When I was nine, between nine and 11, I don't remember exactly, I took the bus from, from Koreatown to Cerritos. That's like taking the bus here to Washington, D.C. Like, it was some crazy shit. And I just figured out how to do it through bus schedules. There was no internet back then. Right. I didn't know how to read a map, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just, I remember I got arrested that same time too as well. But being on the bus, you know. For what? For shoplifting. I stole a bunch of ColecoVision games and I got away. My dumb ass was bragging about it. Got on the bus with my boy. My boy slowed the gang of shit too. And because we got to a certain point, it became Grand Theft Larceny. Mm. I'm on the bus talking about this shit, and the security guard just got off work from Sears. They had a tent sale, and everything was moved to the parking lot. I was shoving all the shit under the tent, then going around where the parking lot was and grabbing Gathering it. Gathering that shit. I got, Nordstrom used to have these bags. You could just get free bags. Mm. So I put a bag, then I put another bag over the bag to cover what was in it. I got away. We got away. Then I start bragging, and this dude's on the bus. On the bus, and the security guard is looking guard. at you like, for Took real? Take this bag, get arrested. Yeah, hustling. I told the fucking uh, sheriff's department, um, I don't know my parents' phone number, this and that, because you have to understand where I come from. Black folk got a lot of similarity, but you're going to get the fucking shit beat out of, of you. Of course. Old country death. people don't play that yeah. shit. So I stayed in there for like 10 hours. And I remember in I didn't tell him anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, my boy was like, hey, man, I need to call my mom. I was like, bro, you need to do what the fuck you want to do. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> don't, I'm not don't, going home. Don't have your moms call my people, whatever. I'm in there, and there's drunk white girls in there. There was crazy-ass faded Mexican gangbangers, this and that. And they would ask me, hey, what you in here for? And I was like, oh, Grand Theft Larson. They're like, oh, shit, what the fuck did you steal? Next thing I know, I'm cracking jokes. You know, they're looking at me, and they say, okay, well, he's not on that 
Ching Chong, Chong Ching Ching shit, you know, like that. <laughs> race, this no basic, book. basic fucking, you know, stereotypical <laughs> Yo, shit. Stop, Pete. Stop. <laughs> no, I ain't even taking dog. That shit, no, no, no. I, I don't even. This is an ongoing uh, yeah, yeah, thing yeah. I used to say with anything. Racist I love Chinese people. They but, just don't know how to drive in New York. But I, <laughs> I'm Korean, fam, just so you know. I mean, listen, that later, yo, you know? that's one thing that you, I will say that New York and, and just in general, people need to realize like, you never know if a person's uh, Korean, Chinese, or uh, Japanese. Or, like, yo, now or you Jamaican. tell people. Nah, nah, I don't know. About I can Jamaican. tell, but but if you tell people, I, you know, I know somebody. I'll say, like, listen, you, what are you Chinese? Because most people say Chinese, and people, yo, know, people get tight. Like in the nail salon, like I bring my daughter. I'm like, you're Chinese, right? No, me Korean. Yo, yo Ben, like, okay. man, let's get back to the story, man. Yeah. So, um, I'm cracking jokes in the jail cell. Yeah. And I have people busting up. I'm selling all these fucking racist jokes, everything, blah blah. Next thing you know, the sheriff comes in, grabs my head, and slams against the wall and busts my nose. Damn. What the fuck did I say? I said something really funny. He's like, is it still funny? And I was like, nah, it absolutely ain't funny no more. And he's like, you know what? If your dumbass just told me where you live, I would have. But the thing is, I live so far away. I took the bus there, you know, like crazy buses. My boy lived there. That's why I wanted to go see him. And he's like, I would have just talked to your parents, let you go. Now I got to take you to jail and da 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 this and that. And I was like, all right, whatever, fuck it. I said, at that point, jail was better than, than going to Go home. back home, yeah. Yeah, so anyways, um, that was just one of the things about the bus, you know, and, and, and working at Burger King. I didn't even know at the point. I think minimum wage was around four dollars back then. Damn. Somehow, some way, if you're training, they can pay you three seventy five or something. It was under, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So pretty much all my money that I made. I remember I got my first paycheck. It was three hundred dollars. That shit to me, and they took taxes out. That was like, and I was working forty eight hours. I was like in there all the time. That was so crazy to me, and because usually you're not supposed to eat food. My boy's dad owns a spot, so he was cool about me eating. He was on the, on the, on the meal plan. Man, crazy. They had this thing called the bullseye. It was like a barbecue, <laughs> yeah, two patties. That. This shit was incredible. So basically, I got my paycheck. I would go straight to this place called the warehouse. This is during the, like, you know, the nobody beats the whiz type era, the Tower Records. So I went over there, and there was, think about it now. If, if, if there was no digital sharing, like you just said earlier before the intro whatever, there might be one million CDs in a record store. I yes. mean, it's insane, right? So back then, there was like very few. So I was buying Kumo D. I bought Two Life Crew. I was buying anything that was hip-hop. Koji, so you was in the Koji, records. Koji, you was just buying yeah. all the records. So all your control. money was going into the records. Yeah, yeah. Is this what led you to becoming a DJ? I became a DJ at 12, but I couldn't afford to get the wax, so I had very little. So I kind of had to wait till I got another job later. So basically... Hold on. I, I got to rewind a bit, man. How the fuck did you end up in breaking? And what's the conversation you have with Ice-T? Okay, so check this out real quick. And I hope my man Ice, listen, he's still, me and Ice is still real cool. He like my godfather. I got two different type of godfather figures. He's one of them. Another cat we'll get into later who is as powerful as you can be. I would say top 10 in the, in the entire history of music who? ever. Who? His name is Lou Adler. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're talking about Rolling Stones, Mamas and Papas. Fam, he didn't had over, before any of the crazy shit, before hip hop even really, he already had 100 million records sold. Right. 100 million. So let's go back to um, Ice um, T and Breaking. Ice T and Breaking. Breaking was filmed in MacArthur Park. MacArthur Park is in the outskirts of Koreatown, which now is still considered Koreatown. That's where Mata Savatucha was kind of born. Prominent. The breakdance club was called the Radiotron that we used to all break at. Carmelo, who owns it, we just had a 30-year anniversary there recently. He would let people go there and breakdance, and it was like an all-ages club. They had fruit punch and this, that, whatever, and I would breakdance. And one day, I met my man, Krista Glove Taylor, who ended up being a huge producer, he produced Gin and Juice for Dre, this and that. You know, he worked Aftermath. I met Ice-T. I was cool. Darlene, you have to understand ah. the... I don't know how it was in New York, 
No, Darlene. But she was a fucking legend. Like, I'm talking. Chicks was not wearing thongs. How do I? Back let then. Me, let me try to like. Um, and chicks was definitely not wearing now. thongs on album like, covers. There's no. I can't say like Nicki Minaj. I can't say like like Vita. No, no. She she broke them all. Yeah, it was literally. She was like a goddess. And I remember seeing her. And he had a slant nose Porsche. And I was like, yo. I was like, man. How old like, were you? I was like, I was 10, okay. 10, 11. Right. And I met him and I was like, yo, man, let me show you I can break dance, blah, blah, whatever. He's like, hey, man, just jump in. All the kids is in this So you in an actual movie? Yeah, I'm like a little extra. Like, break what, what, what scene? Um, there's two scenes. The one scene where in the radio trial, there's just a bunch of us little breaking. And then part two, Electric Boogaloo, there's a million kids at the park. So we just, I mean, I'm talking about a real Yo, dog. What did you have? How, how can we identify you, man? What did you have on, man? <laughs> Ain't no man. There really many Asian kids well, in the movie, dog. Okay, so you're the only Asian. <laughs> With a little rice bowl haircut. Okay. My, my brother, you know. <laughs> let, let's, but let's go further. Ice, I think because I was Asian, he kind of, you know, was like, okay, cool. And, and I'd rarely see him. I'd see him once in a while here and there. Incidents, I got to tell you, man, Ben is sitting here waiting to tell every fucking story he's got. Well, first off, first off, <laughs> this motherfucker is, is blinged out to fucking death. This motherfucker, <laughs> I can't, I, like, he's shining my eyes. Tell the Incidents what you're wearing right now, man. Um, How much you wearing? Uh, I know you ring. like to throw How much is the ring right out. now? Yeah. I got like 25000 on my finger. Okay, wrist. 25000 here. 50. <laughs> um... By 80 racks here, so 130. Then my earrings is probably another 100,000 at least. Where, where we at right now? 230,000. Okay. I'm and bad then with my math. Two chains, probably 40. So 270,000 on me right now. What? Yeah. This is light, though. Yeah, this is light. All right. All right. So, so going back, um, yeah, I got a lot of stories, but you know, these are there's some iconic shit that came out of this spot. You know right. what I'm saying? So I was DJing at the Roxbury. I heard through a, a club patron who was kind of like, he always had bitches, he always had coke, he had anything else. And uh, the reason I got the job... Now, was you into the coke, man? No. Um, a little bit. I sniffed a little bit. A little bit. I Come on, this, bit. we talking about this, this, this 80s thing, or though, 90s this right now. This is the 90s. Now, 90s. I'm to keep it real with you. Yeah, you was doing a little coke, man. That we, shit we, we was all doing a little coke. We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. So, everyone's doing coke. I see Sylvester Sloan at this club. You know, Ooh. I see fucking major <laughs> stars. The DJ didn't show up that night. I didn't know he was a crackhead. But he's a great DJ. And I don't want to say his name because he's actually still, I think he might still be in the game. He might be 55, still in hip-hop. Um, I got the job. There was no music. I ran home, got my crate, DJed. I ended up being a DJ. This one cat who was a club patron there, he was a VIP dude, was like, hey, man, Jack Nicholson and Denzel Washington opened in a restaurant. And it's like super exclusive, da-da-da-da-da. And I said, I don't give a fuck what it is. I just want a job there. If it's right. hot, I just want to play music. So, um, what was the name of the restaurant? Creek Alley. Okay. Now, Creek Alley was across the street from a place called Georgia. Georgia was owned by Denzel, Debbie Allen, Norm Nixon, Brad Johnson. We're talking about some real powerful people in yeah, black Hollywood. Definitely. So, pretty much, um, I think I've told this story a couple times. I don't know where I, I don't think it went too deep in Breakfast Club, but bottom line is, I meet Denzel on the street. He's on Melrose. He's right across the street from 40 Acres in a Mule store. That store wasn't there very long, so you right. have to understand. This was Spike's store. It was a big deal. So, I was a huge Spike Lee fan, too. I seen him. It was a Porsche. It was a 911. This is like, you know, early 90s. I'm fresh out of school. This is before After X. Yeah, yeah, this is After X. After X. Okay, so it's popping. So it's popping. So Denzel is popping. Denzel 40, is the 40 acres is popping right now. Man, yeah. bro. So check this out. So we, I see him. So you run up on Denzel in the Porsche. I've heard only from people. I've never met him my entire life. I heard from other people that he loves hip hop. Right. So I said, hey, man, this is, you know, this is this. I was like, yo, man, I got a CD. And if this shit is not fire. If this ain't, I didn't say Of your fire. mix, of your mix. Of my mix. I said, right. listen. Shit is hot. If this ain't the dopest, the thing is, it was side A, side B, a tape. 
it, it, we had real tapes back okay, then. Okay, so it's a cassette. There was no fucking CDs, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. I remember my mix went a little bit over because it was like 60 minutes. You know me, I have 30. So I recorded. I remember it extended to side B, and side B only had like four and a half minutes. Right. So I said, listen to this, listen to this, to this tape. So you give Denzel your tape. And I said, man, this shit is the, the shit. I want to I want to work you. He's like, we don't have a D. I was like, no, I heard you have a DJ booth. He goes, yeah, but we're not like, we're just playing music. I was like, listen, I'll bring all my own shit. I'm telling you, let me set the mood. I know black music. I know this. He goes, what you know about black? I said, listen, man, because I played some Royal So how Bears. the fuck is he even talking to you? He's, he's, he just stopped and talked Stalk to you. Stalk and talked okay. to me. It wasn't really crowded on the street. Or right, nothing. right. Okay. So I called him. He's like, all right, yeah, cool, whatever. I said, listen, if it's whack, I'm a DJ at your club for the whole year for free. Okay. A week later, a girl named Tish hits me up. And she's like, you start Friday night, see what's up. And I'm like. At Denzel's club. Oh, shit, yeah. Crazy thing is, I didn't even know until a year later that he didn't hear side A. He only served side B, so he didn't get to hear all the, all the dope shit. Crazy shit. He just. He heard so, the four minutes. Yeah. He heard the four minutes. So I'm in there. Will Smith is with his wife. This is way before Jada Smith. Jada, Jada first wife. First wife. Um, Queen Latifah's eating there. I mean, dog, every day there's, there's famous celebrities in there eating. It's a Jamaican restaurant. Motherfucker. Out of control. So I'm up above the booth. Now, mind you, this is like a, a square, a rectangular club. There's a bar here. There's seating here. There's a little bit of seating here. You go up a stairway, and that was some shit to carry crates. You know what I mean? This ain't no Serato lucky motherfuckers get to. No, this this is, was this crates. This brick and mortar, DJing. Bring up stuff, turntables. So I'm DJing. There's a kitchen over here, and I'm playing. I start out playing like a little bit of funk. I'm playing some Donald Byrd. I'm playing some Blackbirds. Some real subtle, playing, you know, some bougie cool, black shit. Bougie black shit, jazz, this and that. I kinda Upperly mobile to, black people music. Yeah. So I, I play a little like, not necessarily disco, but I play a little Patrice Russian, Denise Williams, you know, certain things here and there. I get in a little bit of cameo. And then what happens is at 1030, it becomes a bar like club. Ain't no right. more food. It's, it's popping. They're just there. drinking right now. Liquor. So I had, to, I was killing it. Not only was the place the hottest place to go for black Hollywood, it was a cool spot because they liked the music. No one ever thought an Asian DJ was there. You know what I mean? So next thing you know, um, Dre comes in. He's been coming in a lot. And I knew. And this are you one, starstruck at this time, man? You seen all these stars? I'm, t- I'm you're, talking, it, you're talking about big stars. I'm gonna keep it real with you, Denzel. I just kind of walked up to him, right? And he was so cool. We still cool to this day. I've been shit on by so many people because I don't know how to act. Who was shitting on you, man? Vince Vaughn shit on me back uh, in the day. He, I looked, just he looked like a little dickish, you know. And the funny thing is, he was cool. And then, like, um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, there's so many. We'll get into that. Right. I'm, I'm sure. So Samuel Jackson was kind of like cool, but really weird. But I was also, come on, man, I'm a creepy <laughs> yeah, ass, yeah. you know, kid. But I was like, didn't have thirsty, my, man. The thing is, I was in so many different things. I didn't know I wanted to be me, but I couldn't be me. So I'm wearing a suit to certain places, and people look at me like, the "Fuck is this dude with a suit? He probably cornered on what the fuck he's doing." So, bottom line is, it's a big night. It was a huge party, and I said, "Yo." Let me set the mood for everything. Like we talking about, I said, dog, there's a huge movie theater screen and then there's 10 TVs because it was a sports Jamaican restaurant. So sports bar thing. Always playing ESPN and playing all these crazy uh, sports bloopers and shit. Wild World of ABCs, Wild World of Sports. And I said, man, please. I asked the dude, John Long, his manager. I said, man, let me just set the mood for the night, please. He said, man, Ben, do what the fuck you want right. to do. He was stressed out. So, so what you pull out, man? I pull out the Mac. So the Mac is playing on all the screens. I see Dre at the, across the bar because I had the fucking bird's eye view the whole place. I see him sit down like this. Oh, shit. He don't want to talk no bitches, nothing. Plus, I got music pumping. Like, I'm playing, see what I'm saying? I'm playing fucking You're controlling shit. the move right now, man. So then it gets to 11. I'm like, all right, I'm about to throw this fucking Fuchs Nickens on because this shit is crazy. Which, which, which joint? So 
Um, it was the fucking um the um the um god damn. Damn, you the, remember this shit too. Boom. It was the It wasn't with Shaq, not the one with Shaq. Nah, Fu. hell fucking no. <laughs> hell fucking no. Um but so you, me put on, Shaq you put on you put on the Foo Snickens. Snickens. Yeah. Went into Lords. Okay. I waited for like twelve o'clock midnight. Midnight I hit him with fucking flavor in your ear. Oh. And they went fucking nuts. Right. That was the first time in my career where I played a record twice in in a night. You know what right. I'm saying? Like right. and the funny thing is to this day, I haven't done that except when In the Club came out, right. 50. Yeah. I must have brought it back three times. So anyways, I play In the Club, blah, blah, whatever. The last 30 minutes of the night is when I only play Funk Rules, Roy Ayers, you know, Gangsta, just that real Isley. I just throw back all the old shit, like two-minute snippets. So I go down to the bar. On purpose, I go to the other side of the bar, and I knew Dre was going to talk to me. And so he looks at me, and he says, hey, youngster. And I was like, what's what, up, What man? point? Had the chronic dropped yet? Oh, yeah, Chronic Binge. Okay, okay. Now, this is the crazy part. He goes, um, I'm, oh, shit, I've never said this in my entire life. This is crazy. So he tells me, he goes, what you know about that music, youngster? And I was like, what you mean? He goes, you playing West Coast Pop Lock and all this other shit, man. You know, I was like, bro, you know, this is where I grew up. This is my shit. You know, he goes, give me your number, man. So I gave him my pager <sighs> number. Next day, I know Sam Sneed walks in. And Sneed goes, hey, that's my new artist, Sam Sneed. He ain't put anything out yet. We, we about to work together. He a producer from Pittsburgh, this, that, and the third, blah, blah. I seen Suge and I was like, he already had a reputation. I was scared as fuck. You know what I'm saying, like, I was like, all right. Suge got that that aura, right? Like, even no, if you dog, ain't, back then, even yeah, if remember, you ain't cross paths dog, with him, there was nobody to this day now that was that. He was fearful person, you know. Right. So, so I gave him my thing. I went upstairs, handled my business. Sure enough, one of my homeboys, Paul Stewart, he was called DJ P. DJ Paul Stewart was um, Ice Cube's DJ for a little bit. He owned. Um, he actually had a record label under Def Champ. He was Coolio's manager. He managed Warren G. Montel Jordan was his artist. Mm. Bunch of people. Yeah. His assistant worked with all these people. So he knew the studios. Like, I remember, I've never been to a studio before in my entire life. I'm new to this. I'm a right. DJ. So I get a fucking page. And I'm like, man, who the fuck called me from? It? I was like, I don't know. So I call, I use his cell phone, you know, the cellular one in the car. And I was like, hello, put on speaker. And he goes, yeah, this is Can-Am Studios. And my boy looked at me and he was like, that's Death Row, fam. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, yo, who's this? He goes, it's Sam Snead. He goes, yo, man. I need you to come down with a crate, bring all kinds of breaks, bring some oh, shit. Welcome to like, death row. Wow. He was like, yeah. He goes, yo, hold on. And he's like, yo, yo, what's going on? He goes, he goes, he goes, I was like, who's this? He goes, what you mean, who is this? This is the good doctor, man. Is this my little Asian nigga, Ben Yang? And I was like, yeah, man. You know, I never heard anybody like just, he was, I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes, yo, man, yo, thank you so much, blah, blah. Before I can say anything, he hung up the phone on me, you know? So my boy, <laughs> my, my boy. Some boy shit yeah, right there. My boy's like, yo, man, you want me to take you up there? And I was like, nah, dog, I don't want to fuck anything up. Let me go up there myself. Yeah. I pull up to a studio. Man, dog, there was a 62. I don't know how the fuck he filled all the letters on there, but the license plate said dog pound. That's eight. You can only have seven letters. Candy paint. There was a fucking... Back then, if you had a Tahoe, like, because this was early, you know what I mean? You had, yeah. These dudes had fly whips everywhere. It was so crazy. I walk in, I see Nate in the booth. I see Daz Damn. rolling up joints. This is heyday shit. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting, I'm like, what's going on, man? It's like, oh, man, we're mixing Murder Was the Case. This is a new album we're doing. That's not blah, blah, whatever. And I see Dre, and Dre's in the main studio. He's like, hey, man, what'd you bring me? So I pull out some Boss Gaz records. I'm pulling out just all kinds of shit. Playing. He looks at everything and goes, yo, man, this is all cool and everything, right? He's like, but this is shit that everyone been through. Right. And I was like, ah, all right, well, I was like, okay, well, then, you know, let me show you this joint. And I just brought like a couple breaks. And he was like, oh, you know what, actually? I never used this part of the song. Let's do this. So I'm sitting in the studio session, right? All these motherfuckers is acting wild, blah, blah, whatever. 
he starts cutting a beat up. Dre himself. Dre himself starts cutting a beat up. He leaves. He's like, hey, um, Sam, go, you're going to work with Sam for the rest of the night. And I was like, all right, cool. I start On murder was the case. Yeah, I said, let me do some scratches, inserts. I'm doing scratches, inserts, whatever. Next thing I know, um, they're like, why don't you come back another time? So I come back another time. Sam's there. This dude named Stu Fingers, who was actually ended up being Stu Doo. Um, a couple other random people. Nate was there. Rage was there. Now, are y'all talking money? Or you just did? Dog, I, dog I, don't, I don't even care. Right, right. I just want to get on, fam. Yeah, and it's, it's, At this time, K-Solo was there, which was really weird because right. why the fuck are you in L.A.? And then Because he wasn't popping in New York no more. And <laughs> then Malik from, <laughs> Malik from Illegal was there. Right. So it was just really weird mix. And then Malik had like really took in with the dog pound. You know what I mean? So they was chilling. So we in the studio, whatever, blah, blah. Everyone's acting up. Next thing you know. There was a big ass iced tea on the on the on the Neve. You know, Neve is a studio. Yeah. I don't know if people you know people know SSLs with Neves are. You know, the fucking the 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 mixer, the board, console. Yeah. the console. So this dude looks at me. He goes, "Hey, if Suge see that big ass iced tea on that thing, he gonna fuck you up." I'm right. just letting you know right now. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I said, "What's going on in the other studio?" He goes, "Snoop's in there, and you can't talk to him, dog." I was like, I idolize Snoop. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to fucking meet this dude. I went on a boat. He did a, a yacht party. But the iced tea is still on the console. Ice T's on the console. Yeah. I can't believe you remembered that. I leave because I want to see what's going on with Snoop. Some shit happened. Fucking Ice T went into the console. Uh. 40 fucking channels. Just washed out. Fried the fucking thing. A fucking tone comes on on the PA. I didn't know what was going on. Stu looks at me like this. Daz went from rolling a joint to, and I'm like, what's going on? Yo, Shug's here. Uh. And I was like, Oh my fucking god, dude! I can't believe this. So this is like your real first encounter with Shirt. Yeah, I left, got in the car, and left. This is the crazy part, Jack. I left my records there, fam. That's how I make my money. Pew. That's like you, you left. Know, you left. I left. Right. He ended up blaming on somebody else. He ended up damn near killing somebody. Who knows what the fuck happened? Blah blah whatever. Next thing you know, me and Dre start talking. Dre goes, "Check this out." Are you talking to Dre about what happened? No. Okay, you I just know, I, I, I don't even know what, you you just, talk, what, you just, what happened. You just deleted that file. <laughs> Whose ice tea was that? That was never mine. You, you deleted. Whose ice tea was it, man? It was mine. Oh, it was. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you that now. Right, but right. you know, so we get to we get to I get back to Creek Alley, and Dre go come pull up, and he's like, "Hey, man, I got a question for you. How cold are you with your boss?" I mean, we cool. Why are you, Doctor Dre? He goes, "Man, that motherfucker ain't trying to fuck with me. We on some gangster shit. That motherfucker made it. You know, he on he on Eddie Murphy level now." And I was like, "What's up?" He goes. We're going to play Murder Was the Case before it comes out on DVD, anything, movie theaters. Mm. We're going to play it here. We're going to debut Murder Was the Case here. And I was like, oh, my God. My boss is going to love this shit. Right. We're going to do it. I had no idea. This motherfucking, I never told the story before ever. You about he to told, play some Murder Was the Case with some bougie I, black I, people. I played the movie on all the screens in the fucking restaurant. Right. 3,000 gangbanging crips inside this fucking place. 100,000 fucking bloods. It was packed with gangsters. My boss walked in. One of the main owners that runs the place, not him. He said, what the fuck is going on in here? And I thought he'd be happy. Right, right. Because the place is popping. Place is out of this fucking world. Destroyed. But you, you turned everything. it into gangster's paradise, man. Ha! So I met so many people there. We go on to like, you know the video video for uh, Coolio, Fantastic yeah. Voyage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, wait. Did you get fired that night? No. You didn't get fired? They was pissed. They was pissed. But like I felt it, you know. I'm getting paid shit money, by the way. Right. I'm getting paid a hundred dollars a night. And you're hanging out with the fucking with, with Death yep. Row. I'm having a great time. Right. So I meet um I meet Coolio 
and Coolio's doing a video for Fantastic Voyage, and he's a big deal right now. You know, at that point, I'm in the video. If you see at the end, I'm in the video coming out the trunk. Okay. Um, I was in a. There was this group called Jade. They used to have a song "Don't Remember Walk Jade? Away." Yeah, big, yeah. big, big. I was hit. in their video. I was just random little videos here and there. So basically, so he was an Asian guy in every. Yeah, I was hip hop and an R&B crazy videos. Video. So Jada Pinkett is pretty hot commodity at that point. Of course, bougie black people's this and that, whatever. She decides to do a birthday party there. Now, my man at the time was engaged to her. This is my man who worked with Diddy right now, left and right. My man, De Niro. Shout out to Tony because you taught me how to ball. Tony was, he won the national championship with the Notre Dame, football-wise. He was number one draft pick. I mean, he was first-round draft pick. He played with Bettis. He played with Todd Light. played with a lot of cats. But I, at this I met, point, he's engaged to? Jada. Yeah. He plays for the Chiefs. Ball out of control, 500 SL with Lorenzo rims. Fucking body kit. I'm talking, dog. Look at this dude like, wow, man. That's like me, look, kids looking at me now in a Ferrari, whatever. So... They're in the club. So what you did just there. They're like, you're DJing. <laughs> and um, that was unintentional, but it just was natural. So um, we're, we're, we're chilling in the club. And, you know, Jada Pickett's there, whatever it's that. I see Pac for the first time in my life. Okay. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's Pac. That's Tupac. Right. And he's wearing a hoodie. And I forget, he had his hood over. And he was talking to some well, bitches. He was fresh on bail. Yeah. Talking to some bitches. And I come down the stairway. And I'm like, yo, man, what's going on, man? My name is Ben Yang Baller. You know? Blah blah blah, and I was like, "Yo, um, man, I just, I just, I just fuck with your music. And if there's anything you want to hear, you know, blah blah." He's like, "Nah, man, I'm cool, dog. Coolest motherfucker in the world." Mm. Dre comes in, and everyone kind of gets upset. They're like, "Yo, man, we can't have no gangster shit." Da da da. He goes, "Nah, nah, 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 nah." So it was Dre, his right hand man Bruce, Sam Snead, and Shook shows up. They're just kicking it, dude. Jason Kidd's in there, Chris Webber. These are fresh. They literally all just rookies in the NBA. Crazy. He just got to Dallas. Chris is at fucking um, with Sacramento, I believe. Sacramento. So we all chilling, and uh, Dre goes, "Listen, man, I'm gonna get you a job." And I was like, "All right, cool." He goes, "You you you not tell him, but I got a job." No, I'm talking about I'm gonna get you a job, right? A real job. He goes, "Check this out. If you ask me anything, you're not gonna get the job. You're just gonna go here. This is my first boss. His name is Brian Turner. Brian Turner." And I said, "All Pri- right, priority." Yeah. So I meet. I meet, you know, um, Brian Turner, and the funny thing is, he is worth so much money at that point. His best friend is Wayne Gretzky. He's hanging out with literally the entire A-list NHL. I meet this dude. I have a couple people I know at the company that serve me records, whatever. I co-signed him with his current wife. He's always been with, I'm sorry, he's only been married once. Right. Kids, everything, baby, you know. How did you co-sign him with his wife? Because me and my boys was hanging out at this really fancy furniture store called Gre- Gregory's. And we call it Gregory's because it was like some fancy, fancy twist. Right. They're all best friends. Three fine blonde girls living in a house in West Hollywood. This was a Melrose Place shit. I ended up being cool with her. Brian and her start dating and it gets serious. Immediately I'm in Brian's good side. I have no idea what's going on here. Fuck. Next thing I know, I'm an A&R manager. Right. Now it's pretty much you're an A&R assistant. There was a dude above me and then there was, uh, there was a dude a little above me as well. His name was Casual T. He's the one who brought Organized Confusion yeah. from, um, I think, Hollywood Records or one of the places, brought them there. Earn, he had a, a group called The Bums. He had another group called Another Level, and he had everything else. We had West Side Connection. We had, uh, we had a bunch of random shit. Um, I get to Priority, jump real quick. I'm learning this and that. I'm going, how can I be down conventions? Jack yeah. the Rapper. I'm going, all this shit. And I'm like, yo, this is my card. This is my card. This is my card. And I'm just trying to get all the demos I can. Right. Okay. And, um, man, this is fucking crazy. 
that dude, Tony De, Tony De Niro, Tony, the one who was engaged to Jada, they broke up. She gets with Will, blah, blah, whatever. He starts producing music, and he has all kinds of people with him. The thing is, he had an artist named Missy. She was signed to Teddy Riley. Missy Elliott? Called, yeah, called Sister. I remember Sister. I used to represent so, Sister. So I represented Sister. That's crazy. Yeah. So me and Missy became really good friends. Mm. She would stay at my house or something. Whatever became cool. I'd you, fucking you hit? Call her. Never. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Nobody Missy, would be mad at Missy. Missy, if you're, if you're listen, listen to Missy, I love you to death. I just seen you a little while ago, and I know you're good you and everything. You didn't touch Missy? Fun. Yeah, I have to have a phone number. Uh, uh, I'll get to that later. <laughs> this is a whole other shit. All right. But Missy, I think, had a little bit of a crush on me, and it was kind of weird because it was just like, Come on, it was crazy. You, 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 I'm keep, keeping a 1,000 okay. with you. So Missy introduces me to Faith. Right. Next thing you know, um, Tony said, hey, man, come to the studio with me. And I'm like, all right, he has his girl group I want to sign real bad called The Truth. Three bitches, they bad from Houston, and they just, they cool. And they sing, all right, whatever. So he has basically, he's like, listen, I'm going to have Missy write songs for him, and I'm going to have Faith vocal coach them. I'm like, Faith who? He's like, Faith Evans, man. And I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. So next thing I know, I'm with Faith. This is a crazy story. I'm not going to get too specific. We'll get into it. He says, yo, man, Tupac's in town. I'm going to the studio. And I was like, yo, man, I met Pac like that long ago, you know, like a year ago. Yo, he'll probably remember me. Blah, he goes, yo, man, fall back, fam. Stop stop being so thirsty, man. Yo, man, right. listen, we gonna, I'm trying to get him to get a song, blah, right. blah, whatever. And this is this is during the, 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 the West Coast, East Coast. Oh, week. fam, this is, the beef is cracking yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I get, to, um, I, get, I, get, I get to finally, me and Faye start working together a lot. Me right. and Missy working together a lot, everything else. Now, I skipped a lot of shit. You got to remember, okay, Jay-Z's at the label now, finally bring us over. How obviously. did you bring Jay-Z over? So we'll, get, we'll get to that. Let's finish this story. No, man. no, this is part of that. Okay. So, so pretty much, we have a few distributed labels that are coming in. Master P is killing it low-key. He's the only person I've heard of my entire life. In 52 weeks in a year, he had 50 albums dropped. So he had an album drop every single week. And you week. told him you were the worst rap I ever heard. In my life, yeah, straight up. I put yeah. that on my son. And the thing is, with me and him, the way I talk, he's like, man, shut the fuck up. I'll kill you. And I never <laughs> knew. I never knew he was really about that real gangster life. Yeah, you know, he's ice cream really, man, B. For real, for real. Yeah, ice cream man. But let me put that on the, off flip the ice side. Cream, man. on the flip side. That's like one of your homeboys telling you, yo, Jack, you can't play fucking basketball. Get the fuck out of here. Now, you do whatever. I was saying that. I, I mean, I partially meant it, but it was just, I didn't understand the movement because it was. Nobody before. understood it. Nobody okay. except them cats from, the, from Louisiana understood so that. So, do you shit. understand what I'm saying? Now? I, I understand 100%. I was like, why am I buying this right? I bought that record, that first so, album. So, no one a motherfucker can't rap. Mm. So, Tony had a production deal with Def Squad. Yeah. That's how I ended up being Keith Murray's DJ. Okay. All this other shit. So he bring Redman, Eric Sermon. I'm, now, now, fam, I'm bringing big cats in here. A few weeks later, dog, I'm vice president of A&R, dog. I'm, I'm help there. I got, you know, this signing. I'm bringing Faith in here. We got people in here. We got heat. Jay-Z just got signed. Um, my man Andrew Shack just did the deal. I forgot what homeboy's name who originally, originally signed him. I think it was, it was Will. What's his Will name? Will Sokolov. Yeah. I did that deal. No idea where the fuck he was at this point. Right. But or they hated Will at this point. Okay, so he's there. There's Dame, Biggs, and Jay. I don't know about anybody else. Right, right. I don't care. Because I remember me and Dante Ross got an argument about something. He goes, yo, when you said that on Breakfast Club, blah, blah. I was like, Dante, you wasn't even... But at the same time, this is a crazy thing. I idolized Dante because I would look at the back of the CDs. He was on everything. And I remember, um, who sang Peach Fuzz? Who, who rapped Peach Fuzz, was it? Um, 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 KMD. KMD. His name was on there. MF on, Doom. He was on, yeah, he was on fucking... Third base videos, you know what I mean? I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm Dante's like a legend. Brand Nubian. You know, he had the fucking No Doubt Records and it was the Notre Dame logo. Do you remember all that shit? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is crazy. Bottom line is, 
Jay's at the label. I'm the head of A&R, fam. The fuck you think I'm doing? I'm overseeing shit. My man Tim Reed was running uh, um, artist management, this, that, whatever, blah, blah. And he was uh, obviously, he was a P&D, press and distributor. It was, you know, it was, it was a deal. See, the thing is, he came with the first single and he killed it. And it was cool. Ain't no. It, it ain't no. It was crazy. It was a monster. And, but then I got to It was a monster. That hit was a monster. But even Can't Knock, I mean, even, um, fuck, Mary J. Blige track, that was a second. And it, yeah. was, it was nuts. Dead presidents. Well, actually, from what I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong. Dead presidents, I mean. No, no. Uh, Can't Knock the Hustle was the first single, and Ain't No was the B-side. Yeah. And, but the B-side wins again. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead, man. So, so wait, has, wait, 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 wait. What's going on with Faith? What's going on with Tupac? What's going on, man? That's after this. Okay. So this is the during the same time. Now, the dumbest thing I could have ever done in my career. Right. I'm not really feeling Jay-Z so much. I think he's had an amazing album. But a lot of people weren't but feeling this is the Jay-Z thing, though. at the time. This is the thing, though. In my lifetime, I'm going to keep 100. Reasonable Doubt is probably the best record he's ever put out. It's one of my favorite albums in hip-hop history. It would be up there in the top 20, whatever. It's an amazing album. But at that point, I'm so West Coast. And the only East Coast shit I like is like Tribe and shit like that. Right. I'm on a whole different... And Jay was a whole different... You had to get acclimated to Jay. Cats wasn't fucking with Jay that, that no. quick. It wasn't until the Spunk tra- soundtrack, Who You With, right. you, whatever. So anyways, so at that point, I got Faith. I got this group, this and that, and we looking for a feature. Right. And I'm like, Jay-Z. Dame's like, yo, man. Biggs is like, yo, man, put Jay on this record. And I'm like, you know what, man? Not really. Nah, I'm cool. Dog, I had a chance to put Jay-Z on this fucking album. You know, whatever. I could have had them bars, whatever. So I put Keith Murray on a song. Mm. I put Redman on a song. Mm. I had to go to Russell Simmons myself to get the clearances because Def Jam was hating because there was this bitch-ass motherfucker named Mike Kaiser. I hope he still worked there. I can't stand Mike. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Why, why, why can't you stand Mike, man? Because uh, we'll get into that in a little okay, later. Okay, no, let's get into it. Let's get into it now. You okay. know what? Mike was always hating on me right. back in the day. I don't think Mike understand how much gang affiliation I have in my life in L.A. And I never really said shit. And I remember he was always, and he was pretty up there, and then it got higher and higher. And I remember when by the time Hard Knock Life came out, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Give it to you. Whatever album that was on. Was that Life and Times? I forget. Get the Pharrell track. So, okay. And I'm thinking like, yo, man, this is crazy. Like, yo, fam, I got, the, you have no fucking idea because I'm just a, a skinny Asian dude with the big head. You have, so he's, he's on, curving you. He's shitting on curving you. Curving me like crazy. Treat- Foxy talking crazy. Foxy in the lobby of Mon- the Montrose going, I made Jay-Z. And they're all like, yo, yo, chill, 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 chill. And she's acting wilding up. There's all kinds of crazy shit. All he did was just hate on me left and right. right. So I don't know where the fuck he is in like, his life. Like shutting now. you down from, from opportunities? Down, no, no releases, no nothing, this right. and that. Yo, who the fuck is this kid? Blah, blah, blah. May not Talking even know. shit about you. At the same time, people I got in New York too. I got some real ones out here with me, out here. I got real ones in Chicago. It don't really matter. It ain't got to ever go there because I'm a grown man with a family. Right. But if he no, ever, it's not gonna happen. It's yeah, not gonna happen. But still, if he approached me, it'd be World War Seventeen right. in this motherfucker. Now, now, y'all, we we grown men right now. Nobody's exactly. nobody's gonna. So, Erase Mike he Kaiser right now. Some, he he was a record. Mike he's just a fucky bird. He's looking for an open bar. That's it. I mean, you know, right now, you know, he, I mean, he's hating on a Korean man. So go ahead, man. So we um we got this Jay Z album that's starting to blow up. We got Master P that's blowing up. I got this group, you know, and I'm like, you want a big feature? And I was like, yeah. I was like, we gonna put Tupac on this motherfucker. And they're like, if you get Tupac on this song, it's game over. Now the thing is. All this drama's going on, this, that, blah, blah, whatever. 
Faith is on the song already. I got the release. It's done. There's drama going on, other shit. So they're like, really? Like, how are you going to get Tupac on the same record with Biggie's so, wife? The executive producer of Gang Related, the movie, was my boss. He was one of the five owners of Creek Alley. He's the dude who started my career with Brad and Denzel. Right. Me and Denzel being cool. Do you know what I'm saying? Smoke joints with D. We cool peoples. Brad is my man. Very powerful dude. Got a lot of juice. He's like, Ben, you're going to come to the set of Gang Related. You'll make this happen. There was no doubt. I'm telling you right now, there was a 100% chance I already knew. Faith was not talking about that point. Everything's trying to stop. I was going to play on the track. I said, fam, just like that, why, the wonder why you call you bitch, and she sang on that, and whatever, yeah, yeah. blah, blah. I have her clearance. Pac, you got to get on this song. It was going to happen regardless. Did, did, what was his reaction when he knew that Faith was, gonna, was on that record? He said, come to the set of Gang Related. You're going to come on this day. It was a Friday. The day of our meeting was the day he died. Oh. A week before, he got shot. Okay? I remember when he got shot because there was a dude, I don't know if it was Gaddafi or if it was Napoleon from the Outlaws. They, I, I used to be cool with all of them. They came, I remember the next day on a Saturday, um, I had an artist named Gonzo who's from Caution, one of Ice Cube's group. He was real cool with Pac. He made me and Pac a lot cooler with each other. Right. And um, I already told some other Pac stories on, on Breakfast Club, so I don't really want to go on those, but, but pretty much Tell Pac us was a story sta- about Pac, man, that you never told, man. One of the things is he was staying at the Peninsula. The Peninsula and Beverly Hills, you got to understand, they, the only black people they saw up in there was fucking Sidney Poitier. It, it was rare. You know yeah, what I mean? You yeah. see like, you know, not like them. No rappers. Know, no Michael rappers. Jordan, yeah. maybe. Quincy so, Jones, maybe. Yeah. So Suge and Pac were partying all the time. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, it was all kinds of shit going on. I'm not going to say anything because it was like, I'm still cool with certain people. So it, it was on. But I remember one time, you know, um, we had went out to Georgia. That was the other restaurant that they owned. Creek Alley went out of business. Right. Georgia was still around. And I remember Brad and Pac were having dinner, and I remember talking to him, and I remember um, we was kicking it, and he's like, yo, man, we're going to have drinks at my homegirl's house, blah, 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 blah. This girl was actually, I don't know if she was the publicist for Master P, but she did something directly with No Limit Records. And there's so many people that are involved, but so little people as well. No Limit was really small, and No Limit, what Master P started doing, he started taking employees from Priority. Right. And, um, he was poaching employees? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, at one point, even though it was only a press and distribute deal, we started promoting Master P's album because it was benefiting us. Yeah, it was, it was, he was, it was out a, of control. Was a tank. And I'm all it. over the place right now. I right. understand this, and I'm going to piece it together. That's all right. So Master P came up to me. He was like, hey, dog, I want to get a song with Pac. This is before he died and everything, too. And I'm like, yo, bro, it's tough. I'm, let me see what I can do and whatever. And he's like, I'm dead serious. This is right around Rhyme and Reason soundtrack. He did uh, that song, Is There Heaven for a Gangster? It kind of sounded like the Tonight's the Night, the yeah, 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 Johnny yeah. Guitar Watson thing. The, and so um, going back to Pac, he was like, let's go out to my homegirl's crib and my boy country Jimmy was dating this chick and um, he was a black dude from the west side so even though he was black he wasn't really kicking with black folks he was kind of kicking with white boys but he was still you know what I'm saying he was real you know, he was he was he was a gangster so right. he um that was his girlfriend we at the house it's four in the morning I'm with Pac chilling he's drinking taking off his shirt taking pictures you know you had the little disposable cameras you got at the market you fucking yeah, yeah. screw mm. the thing he's taking pictures the little, little, little yellow shit Dog, it was amazing. I'm going to call pictures sitting up there. He drinking, you know, talking shit. You still got the He's pictures, cool. man? I'm going to tell you that in a second. Okay. So going crazy, having a good time. I remember like a week later, we went to this place called Tempest. It was a secret club inside the Beverly Center. Have you ever been to the Beverly Center before? Yeah. Did you ever know there was a nightclub inside? I didn't the know club? that. Yeah. So it was owned by this Lebanese dude who I remember DJing for whack in the day. And I remember I was just dressed like, 
Like, remember, this is just bad back right, in the day. Right, you had of to course, wear a fucking collar shirt, all that bullshit. And it was me, Pac. It was Outlaws. It was uh, Shock, G. It was a few people. Wow. And he said, man, you and me. It don't matter how much. I don't care. So we get to the front. He's like, I don't care how much it costs. I want everyone to get in. I want my final, want the finest bottle of champagne. He's always looked out for me. He was just a cool dude, you know, really. But where the fuck did I? I, I went so left with something and trying to come we back to the right. We went from Faith, Faith Record to Oh, the- oh so, so um, um, he died. Yeah. And at that point, there was no me. No, I couldn't get that feature. The record I had with that, that group, The Truth, it started tanking because we had put so much money into it. A lot of people were hating. There was a lot of hating coming around from all different areas. And I started realizing, wow. This is fucking un- unbelievable. And people are like, yo, man, but don't worry about it. West Side Connection's killing. Master P's killing. Silk the Shocker's killing. This is killing. And I'm like, I know, man, but my group, you know, this is my shit The right shit here. that you're passionate about. Yeah, so, you know, I'm trying to finish Razkaz's album. And, um, you know, I get a call from Trey. And he's like, hey, man, I'm about to start a record label. You want to fuck with us or what? I go to the house. He start kicking it. Uh, Brent, this is this when he's talking about leaving yeah. Death Row. And we start Black Market Records. Well, let me ask you something, man. What was, uh, did you have any other, we're about to go to a break, man. Did you have any other dealings with Suge Knight, man? Fuck it. So, I'm at Dre's house one time. Dre's not there. I'm with uh, like three, four other producers. I won't tell them who they are. And uh, I see Suge. And in one hand, he has a pistol. In the other hand, he has his, all his homeboys. Goes into Dre's house and takes the masters. And nobody did a goddamn thing. There were some guns in the house, too. And I was yeah. like, I was like, hey, man, I was about to go to the bathroom, you know, because even though, like I said, I had gang ties to certain things, it was, you, you would not believe, dude, the kind of control he had. He controlled the city at that point, you know. He had the money. And it was crazy. He had the yeah. fame and he had the, the you know? affiliations. And then um, of all fucking chances, like, what kind of fucking dumb luck do I have? You know, like, I've seen Suge in the club and I was always cool with him, you know. One night he came to Peanuts, was a lesbian club with Pac, and I was like, yo, man. You know, da 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 da. He goes, "Hey man, give me a call. We gotta get up." Da 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 da. He had another uh, Asian guy working for him named CL. Everyone used to make us. They used to be like, "Oh, I feel sorry for your mother." Every time they see me, yeah. you know? got competition. Yeah. So, um, bottom line is, um, it's so he took that, the masters. Yeah. Bottom line is the only other other the only other symbolic you know thing was one of my little fucking like he was part security but like part time like I used him one out of a hundred trips like part time. He was a dude that knocked Shug out. Ah, you know, years Greg. later. Mm. That was the dude who I got on. If you go to YouTube, you'll see my name. I got him on, you know, this is 50, da da da, da whatever, right. blah, blah, blah. And became famous, all this shit. So those are only two things I, where I came into in contact because I really try to stay away from because. You, you know, knew. You knew it was, it was a lot of trouble. There was a lot of shit that was messy, but, you know, um, we can go into the break, whatever, because I got to fucking take a piss. And, and there's, there's. But I've, I've dropped two gems now that I've never said anything. Yes, sir. You know, Thank like, you. We're we going on. Listen, internets, you know what it is, man. We tuned in. To the Combat Jacks or the, the Combat Jack Show.com. Yeah. Ben, ben Ball is giving us the got us unadulterated. Yo, we, I'm just holding on right now. No, I'm fucking spinning, hold, man. hold on with us, man. Let's go to this music break, man. Combat Jacks or the Combat Jack Show.com. If your radio, if your podcast, if your TV show, blah. Be right back. Coming at you live and direct. It's the underboss, a.k.a. the funky man, a.k.a. Lord Finesse, D-I-T-C to the fullest. You are now tuned in to the Combat Jack Radio Show. Hey, yo, Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, combatjackshow.com. We got Ben Baller in the building, man, the jeweler to the stars. Man, he's taking us on this ride, man. Man, this is a, this is a ride in the Escalade. Right now, we are at... 
the aftermath chapter, right? Aftermath. I'm trying to get this quick. Um, so Dre calls you. No, no, we 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 we've been to all that. I'm all right. I'm I'm at it. now. You know, Black Market Records didn't work out. Right. I'm in aftermath. I just signed a contract with Priority, but there was my dream to work with fucking the man. Brian was real fucking pissed off at me. Super pissed off. But he could understand because you're talking about Dre. Understand, dog. We in the studio on my first day, dog. And he's like, what is this? I was like, these are beats, man. Teddy Riley sent me. I'm like, for what? For the Blackstreet album. He wants me to get on a song. <gasps> listen to the beats. No and he's diggity. Like, and, and, and we heard that beat. We're like, everyone said. It wasn't even a doubt. We're like, yo, you got to jump on this track. I Which remember, is kind of crazy because on the other side, uh, I was working with Blackstreet, man. Yeah. Dave Hollister's dope. But anyway, so, so getting into it, um, I remember going to Vegas and dude this is like this dude was just it was so different I was in a corporate office I was VP I had people under me I had assistant he, How, you, how'd you like it there man at Priority how'd you like it honestly I liked it but I felt like in a certain way I needed to come with something I couldn't just write like how do I explain this I could have kept my job as long as they were selling records otherwise but I, but I felt like I don't want to sit there for fucking four years and not right. do nothing with my life Right. I want to make some moves so I made that move to Aftermath he actually paid me more money um doesn't even matter but you know yeah but that matters um <laughs> i mean you you go into a better job you know with a legend he bought he bought everyone expeditions they just came out you got a new expedition b eddie bow edition no regular joints he got the ghost explorers you know we all had cool shit he he had a range over at the time and um you know it was just crazy man he had crazy passwords to get into his house. so i couldn't talk about anything about dre right and the confidentiality agreement i didn't know it expired like six years ago okay. so i can talk about you know whatever so he had like, it was so funny. I don't know why, but he, he was like, he just, he loved LL Cool J. It was weird. The password to enter to his house, to, there's a gate. It was Mr. Smith. And I was like, <laughs> the fuck? It was just weird, you know? I hope he changed that shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, he used to fucking, um, we could take helicopter rides. I mean, he was just, he was a fly motherfucker. You know, right. it was crazy. I met like MC Rand, a couple other cats that, you know, from NWA. Was he, was he, did he talk about the drama that he had to go through? With Suge, man, or was he relieved? Or like, what was that like? Because, I mean, he went through hell, man. I could imagine he went through hell. You know what? Me and Dre, we always talked about music and kept shit light. We never right. really, really... um. So you never got into his head like that? If I could just get his time, because we have, you know, we had fucking nine artists signed to the label. You know, right. we had two A&Rs, me, Mike Lynn. We had, um, you know, Curtis. We had employees. It was just weird, you know what I mean? A lot of shit. It was just, they, it was ran different. Like, family, like, okay, we going, like, you know, I would have a budget. I would have human, I, I could go jump on a plane with priority this and that. I got to hit these people up. We usually go all together. And first trip, Blackstreet Show, you know, Dre's coming out of the ground. He's coming out of the bottom of the stage, throwing off the west side, doing no diggity. And it was just, we smoke weed in the car. And he's like, yo, I remember Bruce, vice president of the label. He wrote a book called Rolling with Dre. Did you hear about that? No. Nah. It was fucking Dre's best friend. And I don't know what happened between them. I never read the book. And it was funny because Bruce When did this book come out, man? Just just look for the book, Bruce Williams, Rolling with Dre. So he must have just said everything. Right. Like, who fucking knows what. Dre used to play jokes on his wife, you know, Nicole. Um, One time we were at this restaurant called Cha 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 in the, in, the, in the Valley. And he's like, don't worry about it, man. I got her around my finger, you know, da 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 this and that. This is before they got married. And um, she used to date Sidel 3. I think they had a kid together. Yeah, they did, right. in fact. And um, we were at the restaurant. And he hired two like prostitutes and said that they were his assistants. And she had a short temper. And so we're in the restaurant, what the fuck is going on until after. And so one of the assistants sat on her lap. She had like bright red lipstick, super tight skirt, fucking, you know, heel pumps. 
And she's like, hey, daddy. And his wife had it all. She got in the fucking car, screwed out of the parking lot. And he chased after. He goes, I'm just fuck, playing. man. I'm just playing, you know. She had that sense of humor. He was a humor. super practical joker. Right. He had the best fucking Subo parties. So so did you get to work on a, on a firm album? Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. You got to direct me on some of this because I'm so, I'm, I'm no, no, so wait, much No, no. That's all right. That's all right. I, I'll, so, I'll set up the pointers. We signed the firm. Right. Nas, Foxy, AZ, Nature. And um, how did he come up with that concept, man? Um, I forgot, but he's always been a fan of Nas. Right. He loves Nas. And it, he couldn't sign Nas. So I guess the, the group, I don't remember the specifics of that, but I remember we were doing beats at the time and they cleaned house. Like, dude, we lost like, we only had 18 employees and we lost like 11. So it was like, what do you real, mean you lost 11? Like, he fired like damn near the whole staff. Why? Because we became a record label. Became we lost. We became a record label, and we didn't put anything out that was doing well. So we turned into a production company. Right. So it was small. And mind you, so we you had to, you had to, you had to. We're at record backs, one. We're at right. record one. Record one is a fucking serious label. I was going to take a job with Jimmy Ivy. Me and him had to sit. We sat down, had a meeting, and then he actually co-signed me as well with Dre. Said, "Yeah, you should hire this kid. You know, he's hungry." Blah blah. Anyways, so at the, the time, so the firm, man. Let's talk about that. The firm. We start. Um, the firm was recorded all in Miami. Okay. Okay. I didn't go to Miami. There was some shit that was going on at, at, at the studio. They were letting go of people. And we had that person, you know, Aftermath Presents, that record, which, to be honest with you, if you really look at it musically, it was a good album. It just wasn't what people thought. They thought the it was expectations be a, were high. They thought it was going to be a Dr. Dre album. Yeah, Chronic, now, chronic you, 2. We were supposed to do the American Pimp soundtrack. That didn't happen. And we were doing songs. With the Hughes Brothers, right? Was that yeah. the Hughes Brothers? Yeah. Yeah. And I had uh, Sticky Fingers and Fredro doing some songs. And then I connected Fredro with Dre again. They started being cool. And it was just all kinds of weird shit. And, um, like what kind of weird shit? No, just like uh, Fredro, like Dre really liked Fredro a lot. You know what I mean? Like he fucked with him. Like it was like his whole, yo, son, yo, what the deal be? You know, he's like really like that whole extra. The Onyx shit. I don't want to say extra. I'm sorry. Very, very. But it was that Onyx shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we became really close. Me and Fredro, me and Sticky. You know, I always, if I see him, it's love. Right. You know, so. We was chilling in the studio doing things, and he was xing people out. And next thing I know, Mailman's like, "Yo, fam, I think I'm gonna go home." And I'm like, "Go home where?" He goes, "I'm going back to Pittsburgh. I'm going back to the Hill, fam." Like, I don't know. I'm like, "Dude, you're so talented, man. You know, don't worry about it." Blah blah. I was like, "What you got, man? Listen, dog, we gonna fuck with you. We gonna figure this out." Next thing I know, I get a tape from him, and he's like, "Yo, it was crazy." Like everyone was like, "Yo, I got this. I got that. I got this." Chris the Glove, Butter, Butter was like our two top producer there. Right. Chris the Glove was putting shit in. Everyone had like a lot of shit, and they're making money. They're getting good money. Butter just had fucking multi platinum hits. He produced Bow Down for Outside Connection. He had hits galore. Right. He was working with huge stars. So, so Melman gives Mel you Melman gives me this cassette. He's like, "Yo, fam, this is what I got," and it was like raw, like straight up. I'm talking MPC sixty, and like it was just raw hip hop, and I was like, "We don't get don't no trip. Don't go nowhere. You, ain't you can't go, go home with this, fam." I placed two songs on the firm with Mel. You know, next thing you know, um, they finish recording and people come back and there's this crazy meeting at the office and Dre's kind of like, yo, listen, if you want to stay here, kind of take a pay cut, fuck you, stay here. If you motherfuckers want to go, fuck it, go ahead. Right. Dre and Stu were like, the band producer was like, let's get the fuck out of here. You know, like he's letting us out, let's go. They bounced. Because shit wasn't popping. Right. They left. And um, So Melman got to stay. Melman stayed. Right. And they said, he said, watch, I'll make a fucking thing. I was, at the time, Mel was fucking talented. So he stayed. He was working on 2001, you know, that fucking gang of tracks. But before all that, Mel stayed, and he was there. 
M got signed. You know what I mean? Ah, so you was there when and M got M, signed. M got signed, and that's when my exit kind of came out. I exited Why? out because at that point, um, how do I explain this? I felt like I could do a lot better. I never told this story. This is fucking crazy. I started co-managing Butter, okay. and I started managing Stu, and I created a company called Mash Entertainment. We had our own production company. We started doing beats for WC, started doing beats for random people all over the place. I had an R&B group that was signed in Aftermath that he dropped, and I was like, we're about to go to a whole different level. Their fucking manager was a gangbanger. He was a crip, and he wouldn't let go, and I was literally about to sign a huge deal with fucking Epic, and it was just a struggle, and I just kept hitting doors and doors and doors, and I was like, I should have fucking never left Aftermath. I should have never left Priority. I started regretting my shit, but I was DJing. I was one of the hottest DJs in L.A. I was doing You fell back on club, your DJ shit. But I was always still doing big clubs. Like right. Dre would come see me spin, and- and, and it was cool with Drake. Drake understood why you left. No, he's cool. Yeah. He said a couple things to me, you know, knowledge shit, job shit. He was like, hey, he's like, hey, man, don't be like these other motherfuckers. He didn't use that word. He used the M word. And I was like, all right, well, you know, um, no, nah, I'll be cool. Next thing I do, I get a check from him. I go buy a Rolex. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, right. Oh, so he's telling you how to spend your money. Just telling me how to be just period. Right. You know, we should be doing this. I'm going to tell you a crazy story. So I go out, I'm DJing, I'm killing these clubs. I'm, I'm talking murdering it, man. No one's really playing hip-hop in these, these bougie white clubs where Jimmy Iovine is going to, Ted Field is going to, Chris Farley, mm. fucking Kobe Bryant. I'm sneaking him into the side of the club. You know, you all these sneak. people. Yeah, yeah. He was 19 years old. Yeah. So I come back. It's like 98, 99. They're working on the album. They signed Hitman. To this day, I don't care what no one says. We're chron- the chronic. They're working on the 2001. chronic. 2001. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. Anyone can say what the fuck they want to. Be partial because I'm Hitman's DJ and he's from my high school. We're from the same area. I went to Fairfax. Fuck the bullshit. If you listen to Dre's raps, besides a little bit of the early NWA, listen to everything. Listen to fucking what M wrote him. I don't care. Listen to what... um. God, why am I drawing a blank right now? He had Lord, a lot of writers. Lord, Lord Finesse. And- no, I mean other people. Yeah. Jay-Z, I have the reference. You know, the Jay-Z reference when they did Still, D-R-E? Yeah. yeah. I, oh, by the way, I didn't know what a reference was. And next thing you know, you know, I was like, why is this guy rapping on this song? This is your song. Yeah. He goes, because I'm going to go home and listen to it on the stereo and learn the song, then go do it. I was like, wow. So there's a Jay-Z reference to Still, D-R-E. Yeah. It's crazy. So anyways, um, God, I'm so fucking all over the place. I'm sorry. I know Pete's getting like, yo, nah, nah, No, no, no. We crazy. just listen. So, so, so uh, I come back, and if you listen to Hitman, First of all, he has more features than anybody on 2001. Yes. He's the only artist in the entire album that has a solo song. Mm-hmm. He's the best rapper that ever, best rap writer that's ever been ever wrote his rhymes, hands down. Period. That wrote Dre's and, rhymes. Yeah, right. And I'm forgetting something somewhere. It's just pissing me off. Hitman gets shelved. It was a fucked up situation. It was fucked up. up Doors are closing. Yeah, um, door, you know this now whatever. I come to the studio one day with Melman, and me and Dre are in the studio. Where the studio be? And Dre's making a beat um, for Hitman. And it was a, um, it was like an organ, and then it was a shotgun. It was like, so there was no snare. The, sh- the snare was a, you know, the, the gunshot, boom. Yeah. It was like, boom, boom. He ended up putting that song on, on 50 Cent's first album, mm-hmm. track number eight, I think, on 50's album. And we made the beat. He did this shit in 30 minutes. And as he's making the beat, he looks at me and he goes, yo, Ben, are you making records yet? And right then and there, I was like, Wow. Like, that was a fucking arrow to my heart. He's like, yo, you've been here with me for five, six years. You have access to all my drums. Do you know what motherfuckers in New York 
big producers will pay for my drums, my drum sounds, I could get a million. Dude, like, I'm giving you everything for free. All you had to do is ask. I'm telling you, you a badass DJ. That's what I was. And you don't, you aren't making records right now? Mm. And I was like, wow. It was my dream to be a producer, but I never had a chance. I just right. never. He goes, why do you think I had you in here this entire time? I just cut a beat in 30 minutes. We're done. You know how much mastering needs to be done? Not shit. <laughs> like, look at this beat. I just did this. I'm getting old. And I'm like, damn, man. At that point, he just, he, he broke my, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't motivate me. He broke my fucking courage. I was like, right. fuck this. I'm going to be a DJ and be a manager. That's, that's, how, that's how you out. took it. Like, you, that's how I did because it was too late. I felt like too many people were coming out the box at that point. There was a lot of people coming. I know there's producers now, but I'm like, my mind was elsewhere. You know, yeah, I was and, just. And you, yeah, and after, you had been in the game for a while, man. You know, King T's album never came out. He right. put it out on his own. There was all this other shit. And I shit. understand, man. I've been there, man. Like, cats think that everything is opening up for you, but you're like, yo, I'm past this. And your life was telling you that you was past this. I was. Yeah. So, so you leave Aftermath. Yes. You're DJing. DJing. You're trying to find yourself. I'm trying to find myself. I get the first billboard in Vegas before, rest in peace, my brother DJ Am, before all these big house DJs, everybody else. I had the first billboard, had first like page. And, and you're making decent money from DJing. Back in 2000. Pay cut. It was a pay cut. No, hell no. Oh. It's cash on the table. Okay. Fuck it. I'll tell people. I was making $150,000 a year my last year at Aftermath. Right. 150000 a year. DJ, I was probably making 250000 so I was making Cash. good money. Yeah. I mean, Doug, I was the only DJ in the world that had, if you had to escalate, you were doing way too much. Like, no, I'm sorry. You, no one had to escalate. You had like a Cherokee that was kind of like the bottom model. I had to escalate and I had a Porsche 911. Like Damn. I was doing it. I right. was, and, um, you know, um, I was trying to find myself, like you said, after a certain point. How was you feeling about yourself? I mean, you're making money, you're making cash. I'm but but you, did, did you feel like you was, something was wrong? I was only in it for the money and right. I fell out of love of music. Right. Now, I'm on the other side of the table. I'm the artist now and I got the record people playing. Hey, man, you need to come to these record pool meetings. I was like, listen, check this out. Do me a favor. No offense, but you need to get your head and put it right into the fucking gutter and go kill yourself. I would say stupid shit. Lose, like, my, I, lose my fucking yeah, number. Just shut the fuck up. Because you was t- you, 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 it was like a breakup with the industry. And on top of that, my ego was out of control. Yeah. People don't realize, oh, be humble. I wasn't humble. When was I you was getting broke. high, man? I was smoking. Okay. I was smoking. We'll go back and let me go into that then. Right. One night I'm DJ. Mark Love, he's Farside's DJ. We're doing this hip-hop party. All hip-hop heads, Q-Bert, um, all the biggest DJs in the world. I was doing coke that night. I was smoking it inside. Of, I was primos. I was smoking on, on the thing. And I started having like Chris Tucker shit. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> Panicking. So. Panicking. I'm like, this is, this is, I'm tripping. Yeah. I worked it out through my little special ed. I got it made, mixed, <laughs> doing this, that, whatever. I get out, I start doing bumps. Next thing I know, this is when Method Man drops his first solo album. My roommate was my cousin. I'm smoking coke, and I'm so fucked up. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like out of my mind, right? And I'm flying like, right now. Flying. So I start looking at the back of his album, and the credits are moving. And I'm like, all right, dude. I see you on trip. Moving on some, some Maryland mansion I'm, shit? Or? Yeah, no, I'm talking the letters are actually moving. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even see. Hey, my, my cousin goes, hey, you need to drink some water. And then I was like, do me a favor. Feel my heartbeat. Just, is it going fast? My cousin is the greatest thing in the world, dude. He said, nah, you're cool. He didn't tell me until later. He said, dog, your shit was out of this world tripping, yeah, he right? Told, he talked to you off the ledge. So he goes, put your head in the refrigerator. Put it in the freezer. I was like, are you serious? Yeah. 
it made me feel a little better. I get out. I try to calm down. There was this video game. Do you remember back in the day there was ColecoVision, Nintendo, but there was a company called 3DO. Do you remember that? It was like a weird video game company. No, I don't remember 3DO. Yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was like the, 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 the high-end HD before anything came out, but no one had it. I got it as a gift. So I'm playing, and I can't control my hands. It's shaking like this. Like I'm shaking like this. I call 911. I tell my boy, I said, yo, I just called the police, man. Now one's here. He's like, oh, ben, you don't, Ben, check this out. I'm going to tell you something. Let me put you up on game right now. If you say you were doing coke, after they treat you, they have to take you to jail. Mm. And I was like, what? He's like, they're going to have to take you to jail. So ambulance comes. Everyone's wondering what the fuck is going on. I live in this big-ass building. They come. They say, what happened? I said, oh, man, I smoked some weed. They're like, oh, man. Three of the firemen walked out. They're pissed off. And the, the, the doctor medic comes over, starts checking my heart rate. He goes, don't lie to me. Did you do any methamphetamine? I do anything. I was like, no, nah, man. I just Damn, smoked. so you got to think your way through this I, shit too. I smoked a bunch of weed. Right. And he goes, you are in cardiac arrest right now. Your, your heartbeat is going 331 beats per minute. Fuck. He goes, I got to take you to the hospital. Right. So I had a mild heart attack, mild cardiac arrest, whatever. Never told this story in public my entire life. Get to the hospital. My brother gets me out. Ever since that day, I never smoked, never, never, never did hope, coke, never did anything. I would hope not. Crazy thing is, I went nine years without even smoking a joint because after I smoked, it brought back that feeling, which yeah, was yeah. crazy. So I stopped smoking joint for a long time, blah, blah, blah. Crazy thing is, I'm hating music. Um, Puffy remixes are huge right now. Mario Winans is huge. This and that. I'm just like, yo, I see my homeboy pulls up in a Ferrari from my hood. You got to think, ain't no Ferraris in this area. And I was right. like, yo, what you doing? And he's like, fuck you think I'm doing? And I was like, I want to You selling drugs? I was like, I want to get in. Right. He's like, all right, let me show you what's up. So he shows me how to rap everything, shows me how to do certain things, show me how to do this, that, show me how to do this, this, and a third. Next thing you know, I'm in Ohio once a week. I'm in Canton. You're in Ohio. Cleveland. Back to LA. This and that. We have motherfuckers going in cars. We didn't even know. We had someone go... In a, um, in a brand new Navigator. See, in L.A., you don't have to have plates on your car. We never knew that. We didn't do enough research. Anywhere else, you, gotta have you can have plates. Yeah. Even the front, day you get your front, car, yeah, you get fucking back. plates. Yeah. We had this dude go 500 pounds of weed, drives to Ohio. He gets to Missouri. They throw his ass in jail. We never hear from dude. We're like, what the fuck is going on? All our phones are chipped, so we don't have like, you know, tap our phone. Who cares? Go with a limo. Limo gets there. Then we started going FedEx. We started doing all kinds of crazy shit. Crazy thing is now, fam, I'm a full-blown drug dealer now. You know right. what I mean? It's crazy. We and and, and is that things. cool with you? Like, are you? Yeah, dog. I'm like, yo, I'm making money. Plus, I'm a DJ. Right. And I'm all over the place. So I'm flying to different sp- spots. And I'm so DJing. So you got the crazy alibi. No matter what is going on, I'm DJing. Right. We made a movie, me and my cousin. It's in. It came to the theater for a little bit. It's a feature film. It's called Cake. People don't realize that movie's based on like 90% facts. That shit was all true almost. You know, thing is, my boy got busted. And when he got busted, that was like that cocaine shit. I'm like, I'm never going to because it's too close. Jail was on a whole different level. And then the crazy part is this is when I realized how real shit got. I watched Belly, all that shit. He said, bro, you need to come visit me in jail, dog. Comes. He was like, basically, he's like my boy Chance. He's like, yo, man, come see your nigga, man. Come see your homie, man. You ain't even come go see your nigga, man. What's wrong with you? Everyone told me, fam, you was all over everything you did with him. Do not go into the lion's den. I don't give a fuck. 
Send him whatever you got to put on his books, but do not enter the lion's den. If I were you, I wouldn't go. I was scared. I didn't go. And he, 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 he's still in. He's doing 25 years. They don't fuck around over there about you in that area. Yeah. Crazy part I remember was when we were driving the first time I got through in Missouri, that's the area where they just do not fuck around. There's an exit, and it said drug checkpoint, next exit. Uh, so everyone gets off at the next exit, so they don't go into that exit. Yeah. That's where the drug checkpoint uh, is. It's not at that one. It's a fake. It's an okie yeah. So I just kept going to see what's good. I was yeah. like, you know, everything was wrapped. We had a saran. We had, we had it down to a science. So I just stopped fucking around. I said, listen, man, I got a cool little amount of paper. I got crazy Making good money. You don't really need to do this. Making good money. Yo, I want to get married. I want to get my life together. You know, I'm out here acting a fool. I'm fucking bitches. I'm doing this, that, and the third. Next thing you know, I get caught cheating with this chick. She done lied for me because of police shit, everything, whatever, blah, blah. She tears everything from age five to age like 25. Every single picture of me with Larry Johnson. Uh, Tupac. No, dog. John Wooden Award. Fuck. Tupac. Everything. There's no digital shit back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she, she, got you. Everything. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, wow. At that point, you are done with my life. I don't come back. You're done. I never fuck you forever. Start trying to figure things out. Find a new girl. I fall in love real quick. I get into a whole different thing. I get deep into fucking motorcycles. Now, through all this, I'm saving you the spare of me becoming a rapper right. with, with Dr. Dre okay. and, and Jay Z. We don't want to talk about that. I think you I mentioned it. Your hands at rapping I with, mentioned with, it at um on um. What's a dude's name on, on This Is 50 with the... Oh, oh uh, um, uh, Jack Thriller. Jack Thriller. Crazy Jack Thriller. I, I talked about Wait, that Wait, so you bit. rapping with Jay-Z and, and fucking Dre? I told them, I said, if Jin sells a million records, right. I'm going to sell three million off Image alone because my image is crazy. I don't think Jin sells 200,000. Yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, Dre's like, all right, you want to fuck around with this? So he got you in He's the like, studio? can you rap? I was like, man, bro, I went in the booth with, with King T one time. Right. And I did some like, did doubles and thir- triples, you know what I mean? We Spit had the song around right now, man. No, no, no. It was it was something. It was something else. <laughs> the song was called "Black People," right? Right. And the chorus goes, "I'm trying to get my shit together," and he wanted a bunch of different voices saying it. So on the credits on the album, it says "Black People Plus One." I'm the plus one, obviously. Plus one, okay. Right? And so Dre's like, "Have you ever tried to rap before?" And I was like, "No, nah, I'm just a DJ." He goes, "All right, do me a favor. You know NWA?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "You know, at that time, he's like, yo, do this.'" And I did it. He was like, man, you can rap. He's like, okay, how long would it take you to this down? I was like, who's going to write? He goes, what the fuck you think? We got this dude, Stax McGuire. His name was Drama So you almost got signed to Aftermath, man. He's like, no, we're, just, we're just talking about yeah. it. You know what I mean? We were just talking about it. It was a joke. Never went too far. I hit up Dame Dash. You know, Dame's a Def Jam now over that drama that happened at Priority. They wouldn't give him the 50000 They wouldn't give him the S-Class. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. And Dame goes, you need to bust something for Jay. We're at the Song Cry video shoot and we're inside Jay's trailer and like um, I've been down with, like I said, I have an OG Streets is watching Letterman Jacket. Like I've been down with Rock Fam, Rock Chain, everything. We're in there chilling and he's like, yo Jay, what's up? Jay's watching Friday on the little little 13 inch TV. Right. He don't even fucking partake in anything. He really was like really quiet. Mm-hmm. Jay was always quiet back in the day. Super quiet. Yeah. Dame goes, yo, yo, check this out. Yo, Ben Yang Ball about the bust the 16 for you. He wants you to sign him. This is after him telling me how Shine approached him. Yo, I'm from the dopest motherfucker alive. I'm not, you can shoot me, da 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 da. So I'm like, Jay goes, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. The fuck you talking about? I said, write some rhymes for me and I'll bust some rhymes. I'll <laughs> I ain't no rapper. And Jay was like, 
You wasting my oh time, my God, man. You wasting my time. He's like, yo, man. He's like, you standing in front of Michael Jordan, man. Say something. I was like, bro. You know, I'm thinking myself like, uh, hip to the hop, hip to the hip. What do rappers delight? No, so um, going after the drug dealers and the, I mean the drug dealing shit and all that stuff, everything else. And I, new girl, I get engaged. Um, you know, I'm traveling around. I'm trying to get away from all the fuck shit. I'm, at this point, I'm literally I don't want to DJ anymore. Mm. Like I'm so tired of it. I was coming to the club. I was paying the security guard seventy five dollars. I don't want to talk to anybody. Don't let anybody in this booth. I was pre-recording my shows, my two-hour sets, two-and-a-half-hour sets. I'm pre-recording them with two CDs. I'm doing fake shout-outs because I know who's going to be in the club that night. Yeah. So you and basically basically had like a, 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 like a, a nervous breakdown or some yeah, shit like that. I had that. an eight-inch television, and I was playing Xbox. I was literally so bored out of my mind. I right. was traveling, DJ Club Harlem, that, and Tokyo, this, and that. Finally, I just said, dog, I can't do this anymore. Right. I'm doing this only for the money, and I fucking hate music now, yep. and I just can't do it. And he goes, yo, listen, calm down. This thing called Serato came out. You got to jump on this. So I'm like, you're going to tell me right now that this laptop right here is going to play everything, and it was insane. When I saw that everything was on it, like a lot of guys were early. Steve Elke didn't know how to DJ yet. I was teaching them. Like, I was putting a lot of DJs on, fam. Right. Famous DJs making 20 mil a year. So I'm in the club. Way beyond my time of fucking, I'm just, I'm done with this. DJ Am, rest in peace, my brother, Air Max crew, fellow everything. The fucking music stops. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I call Am. And I was like, he's like, where you at? I'm like, dog, I'm at fucking the club right now, dog. What do you do when Serato goes down? He goes, that's when you play the few, few, the few real records that you brought to the club. <laughs> I was like, um, and he hung up on me. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't bring no records. So at that point, I was just like, yo, I'm done. Oh, Never going to DJ again. Yeah. I got enough money to chill, this, that, blah, blah, whatever. Really didn't have that much. I traveled for about a year. There's a turning point, mid-2004. Um, Ten years ago. Yeah, I sold all my sneakers. I sold 30% between Nike Talk and um, a bunch of other, the, the different people here and there. 1.5 million. But I'm talking about 30% of it, that was probably another two, 300 grand. Right. So... Overall, I made just under $2 million selling sneakers. Damn. With that money, I traveled. In um, your head, right? I was, dating, I was dating a supermodel. She was on 300,000 billboards in Tokyo, all over places. So you was riding through that? I was doing my thing. Um, I was hanging out with Megan Good. I thought I was the man. You know, I was doing all this, that, and the third. And I said, you know what, man? I don't are you, know bur- are you burning get, through this money at the time, too, man? I'm burning through money a little bit. I'm thinking I'm, 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 think I'm the shit. You know, I'm driving the same cars. These dope rappers I look up to are. And finally, it was Mr. Cartoon that kind of sat me down and slapped the shit out of me and was like, bro, you need to fucking figure out what the fuck you're going to do. You are the smartest. You are the craziest hustler I know. I don't know anybody who got a better mouthpiece than you. You can talk your way into the White House. Like, you need to fucking, for real, do something with that. And I was like, man, I can't figure out what I'm going to do. I want to open a store. I was going to think about opening a barbershop. And in the barbershop, I was going to have, like, <laughs> records, and then I was going to have white tees. Right. But it's like, yeah, nothing came to mind. Yeah. Sold all my shit. Finally, that's when I've told this story a thousand times. I got into jewelry, talked to my uncle, figured out this and that, whatever. And then, then you know, um, Mariah Carey, the clips, Water my first clients. You know what I'm saying? Fucking Jacob got busted. When Jacob got busted. That was a godsend for you. God, <laughs> that wasn't even a godsend. That was, like, one of those, like, that was 07, 08? I can't even... That was 06, fam. 06, right. This was like... How do I even explain it to you? Like, how, how do you like... It's like... Um, he hadn't gone to jail yet. He got arrested. And at that point, 
every gangster, BMF, everything, they were like, man, we ain't fucking with this dude. You know what I mean? Like, he's too hot. His, his, yeah, he's too hot. He's too period. hot. So it was, I can't even explain. Like, could you imagine if you're in the middle of the train, train track and a train is coming and your feet are glued to the track, right? That's it. Somehow that train stopped, which is like impossible. Just, just it falls went, in a hole. It went 600 miles per hour to zero mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. And that was basically 600 to zero real quick. was basically quick. Jacob getting arrested. Jacob got arrested. Yeah. Storch, Diddy, you, I, I mean, Fat Joe. I mean, the game. all these cats ca- are coming to you right now. It's a wrap. And, and they're coming to you because you have a relationship with them. Music, the, right. this and that, blah, blah, whatever. Was then, it hard to convince cats that you were now this jeweler? People were even like, it was funny because I saw Dame at a trade show and he was like, yo, I heard you're doing jewelry now. Started laughing at me, you know, blah, blah. He was doing pro kids at the time, yeah. you know? And uh, he was like, the fuck? Let me see what you got going on. They're like making fun of my shit. But I'm like, yo, fam, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. How did you deal with the transition of becoming a jeweler? Because, I mean, let's be real. Um, celebrities spend money, but mostly in hip-hop, man, people expect favors. And, 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 you know, I mean, you know, you own a sneaker store. You own a clothing line. I mean, you know, people like, will come to you and expect, like, say if you say something's 200, they're like, yo, Ben's my man. You want it for 150. You know what I mean? You want it for 100. And maybe you can't do that. I mean, I'm sure even your style, I know your style, I resemble to it. And basically, wherever you go, you want to get the best deal you could get. Everyone's about the best deal. To me personally right now, um, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but bang, bang. I really try to stay away from hip-hop artists right now. I try yeah. to stay away from rappers right now. You know, my money's coming from whole different levels. Hollywood. I mean, I don't consider Justin Bieber a rapper. You will never, ever hear me say anything bad. Even if some bad shit ever does happen and I can sync them TMZ-wise or whatever, I would never disclose anything because my man had dropped damn near two M's with me. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, he's... He's so legit. He's been so good to my family. Go so good to my son. How could I ever say anything that's helping me feed my family, everything else? But so, hold up, though. In this jewelry business, in this jewelry line right now, yeah. did you find what you lost in the music industry? Yeah, man. Which is what? Which is I became valuable. I became a valuable person to people in that. And I felt like almost in a way it was they coincide with each other because hip-hop and jewelry, it was, it was the same. So now cats who will return my call. Oh, you please believe they was blowing my phone up. <laughs> Directors blowing my phone up. Chris Robinson, you know, every the guys, these guys are all love. I started doing commercials, fam. I'm in videos. But reality thinking, shows, man. Yeah, I had a reality show on Fuse Television. What know? happened with that, man? Um, I had the show on reality on, on, on Fuse, and then um, you know, um, Fuse went bankrupt, and then Viacom bought them, and then they greenlit the show again. And my first episode was Paris Hilton, um, fabulous. Some other shit happened, and then um. Viacom fired everyone in the show again. They fired everyone at the company. They fired the president. I was like, how the fuck you fire the president of a company? Hey, so it happened, whatever. They, did, they just got so jobs. I said, you know what, dog? I'm not even fucking with this reality shit. I'm too fucked. This is bullshit. And it was a waste of your time in a sense. Yeah, it was a waste of my time. It was like, y'all don't need this shit, blah, blah, whatever. I sat down with a couple other cats. They came with some ideas. Next thing I know, I got NBC. The president of NBC, mm-hmm. Ben Silverman, fucking... Dog, you were talking about huge. You're talking about, you know, dog, he created The Office. Yes. He created The Tudors, uh, Ugly Betty, Biggest Loser. I can't, even, I don't remember all the shit. It's so much. He has his own company called Electus. And he's like, we're doing original content, this and that, blah, blah. Now, I won't disclose the money because that was part of one of my deals. I'm getting paid more money than a lot of people on MTV reality shows are. Of course. Per episode. Right. To do it. Now, I don't say it's a YouTube channel. It was a Google channel because... I didn't know that all these major channels, they couldn't figure out because YouTube sold 100 channels to all these major companies, NBC, CBS, ESPN. I didn't know it was like a real deal. If you look at the quality of these internet shows I was doing that were real reality shows. Blowing it out the water. 
I mean, dog, I'm doing. Re- this was NBC producing yeah. shows. This is crazy. Crazy part was, I was tired of the show being celebrity driven, when it should have been character driven. Right. When we did all the study tests, they test my demographic. It's not like, yo, Ben, tell you the truth. Everyone loves you the most because you're funny, but we need celebrities. I'm trying to bring homies on, like Far East Movement, cats, some cats I kind of put on, and it's not they killed it like a G6, and they're like, uh, you know, they're not famous enough. And I'm like, yo, at this point, I just, at this point, I'm an unhappy artist now. I just don't want to And do you don't want to go back in that spot. And I signed a contract. As much as I can say, there was some fishy shit going on with the budget. For the first time in my life, I don't want to be a producer, I don't want to be executive, I just wanted to be the talent. Right. Because it's comfort in just being a talent. That's man. it. Why the fuck are we shooting six scenes today? Why do I have to bring six pair of shoes, six pair of pants, this, that, blah, blah, whatever? You know what I'm saying? I got a fucking endorsement with fucking diamond supply. I'm this, now I'm like, yo, I just don't want to do all this shit. Right. I'm starting to be irritating. And they're like, yo, man, you're starting to become difficult. This, I was like, yo, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fucking know shit about shut nothing. Shut your fucking mouth. And I was like, you don't know a fucking thing. And they're always like, every week, do me a favor. Make sure you shout me out, blah, blah. Every time I fucking bring an artist around him, this cat is like, hey, I can do a video for you. I can do this. I bring Dre. I bring Mac Miller. I'm like, fam, what the fuck is wrong with you? Stop talking to my homies. You know what I'm saying? Like, you look corny. Next thing I know, one of my closest friends, Q Worldstar, tells me, he goes, oh yeah, your boy's about to, you know, the director of the show, he's about to, he's about to fucking do my video. And I'm like, oh, he is? We're in the middle of season two. He's about to shoot your video? Yeah, we're going to Thailand, Istanbul, this, that, Australia. I'm like, yo, Q, I don't want to, f- you know what, man? Go ahead, go do what the fuck you got to do. So I was just upset. I'm thinking, okay, how much are you paying him? And he tells me, I'm like, yo, fam, he don't get anywhere near that kind of money. Next thing I know, I'm sitting here looking out like, yo, we're shooting six scenes. It wasn't until later. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble. Fuck it. Yes, man. You're going to bug out. You're going to bug out. Six seasons, I mean, six episodes, right? Each episode was eight to 12 minutes long. I got $350,000 to shoot those six episodes, Okay. My artist, my, my pay per episode, I can't talk about. Right. I can't talk about that. I'm just not, I don't want to piss people off on some other level of shit. Do you know what an SLR camera is? Like, I know. I'm yeah. not stupid. Maybe people forgot. I got my degree from a fucking, from Augusta Coppola. That's fucking, that's Nick, that's Nick Cage's fucking, you know what I'm saying? That's his fucking pops. That's Francis Ford Coppola's brother. I got my degree in cinematography. I've directed shorts. I know what it cost when it was expensive. We're shooting this shit on digital. You ain't got to rent no Rolls Royce. I was like, hey, man, you're a fr- oh, let me address this now. Oh, you're a front for the company. You don't even own the business. You're a family's business and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dog, it just sounds good because my uncle's been a jeweler for 35 years. My uncle ain't touched fire. He ain't done shit. My uncle been involved in, in at least six, seven years. I just bought the company. You know what I'm saying? Like, fam, yes, I'm an owner. Let me explain it to you. I'm CEO of the company. So, so shit was all fucked up. People, I'm just saying, people are haters. Right. Oh, you renting cars now, whatever. I'm like, yo, do you, do you sound stupid? You sound? Okay, this Rolls Royce costs $3,000 a day. Okay, on special, they have it for $1,800 a day, okay? It's been in my garage. People see it all the time here and there. Do you know what that adds up to after two years? So if I'm fake balling, wouldn't I be really super ignorant balling if I'm spending that money? Like, you guys are retarded. I own these cars. You know what I'm saying? Lamborghini's mine. It's not. People always have this shit. We don't have to pay anybody to rent us the cars. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All the extra shit, the jewelry, everything's cool. I'm not paying no celebrity to be on my show. You know what I'm saying? I didn't pay Rob Carter. I didn't pay Pete Wentz. I tried to throw a little twist in them, you know? And it got to the last episode. No, I'm sorry. I didn't finish 
I needed to shoot like three or four more full days. I think we were, we were unfinished with three episodes. And I said, yo, I'm not going to do it. And you know, if you want to sue me, cool. And I got on some gangster shit. If you really want to go there, I was like, we can get... It, it, we can get gangster with this shit. But, but <laughs> I don't want to be specific on what I... But I said, yo, it can get ugly. Right. He said, so bottom line is they said, listen, man, we will give you double the money to finish these episodes. And I'm like, give me double the money. Let me finish these episodes. And you rip up my contract. I signed with like four or five years. That's crazy. And they're like, whatever. Weeks go by. Dog, people are stressing now. You know what I mean? They got to put this season out. Yeah. And my views is crazy. That's not whatever. So finally, they're like, all right, no hard, no, no, no bad blood, no hard feelings. You're done. And uh, I finished those episodes. When I finished those episodes, fam, I ain't going to lie to you, dog. My, I was fucking, my enthusiasm level went to shit. Of course. And another thing, too, is a couple cats that was on the set, I was like, listen, dog, I'm going to tell you right now. Do you see that dude right there? He's got a shotgun and he's carrying. I said, this dude right here right now, all I got to do is grip my teeth and snap my fingers and he's going to stab you and then shit. <laughs> and he's going to go to fucking else. Oh, so you was just mad terrorizing cats. I was like, yo, he's dog. He's a terrorist, man. People would talk to me. I'm like, yo, listen, dog, I'm done. They're like, oh, we should get one shot, dog. Did I'm you done. hear what I just said? I'm done. When everyone's eating, I'm like, what? Another thing, too, is you got $365,000 for a season. Why the fuck are we eating like this little Cali sushi place? It's like the little $7 bowls and eating Chipotle. Gas station sushi? I'm like, (laughs) exactly. I'm like, fuck is really good, B. So, bottom line is I'm done. I got bigger things. I'm working on autobiography. I'm working on a book. I'm working on a scripted show. Nice. Stay hustling. I got a fucking CNN special I'm shooting. They don't fucking, how many people you see specials on? There's news 24 hours a day. They're in 288 million households worldwide. This is not online. I'm talking about television. And on Monday, I'm shooting for eight hours with them, a day in the life of an LA icon named Ben Baller. That's the show. So I got things going. No, on. Congratulations, you. man. Thank want, you c- so c- much. Congratulations. Thank you. One thing, man, and, 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 and I give it to Pete. What's your relationship with Q, man, from Worldstar? Me and Q met a few years ago. No, I'm sorry. Me and Q met, met five years ago. I kind of didn't really want to fuck with him because I felt Worldstar was a bad look right. in general. How so? I just didn't like Worldstar. Right. You know, like, you ever, you ever hear, like, old Ice Cube albums of dudes like this? What's up? I just don't like that motherfucker. Right. I just didn't like World Star and I just didn't understand it, right? You didn't like what it represented? Just, just a, it didn't I just feel didn't, right. I just didn't, didn't feel right to right. me, okay? Now, mind you, there's only seven or eight of us in the company, and I'm one of them. You know what I mean yeah. now? So, four or five years ago, I get a call to go to Beverly Hills Hotel. I don't know why I didn't read. I should have read the email, and it's at worldstarhiphop.com. Here it is. Let me and Q swear to God on everything I love. I thought a little Jewish, little white, little nerdy dude named Noah was about to walk out that motherfucker. Lo and behold, it's a big black motherfucking dude from Queens. You know what I'm saying? Haitian dude. Haitian. We start chatting. I don't know what happened. We ended up having lunch. Next thing you know, me and this motherfucker is kicking it tight. We are on some whole other shit. I'm traveling with dude. We out. He's buying a shitload of jewelry. We talking about a bunch of things. Family, this, that. Didn't realize me and him were the same age. Mm. You know what I mean? Pretty much, give or take, whatever. We start going back to Queen, you know, Mob Deep, just shit that I like. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I got, I got, I think, Trife Life playing in my car. And I'm like, yo, I can't stop playing shit like this. This is all I play in the car. Classics, you know, I don't fuck with all this, you know, this new, new shit. shit. Like, you know, vibing, just vibing you know, with him. Vibing, we talking. You know, he sees I'm a CEO, he's a CEO. I have no idea how powerful the company is. I'm not even tripping. I sit in on a meeting. Realize they get more traffic than MTV.com. Wow. They get more traffic than BET. They get more traffic than VH1. Okay, now, bro, you become the biggest fucking urban media site in the world. Almost media, period. 
the only thing that's beating you as far as this type of genre would be YouTube. Right. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, Vimeo, you know, whatever. It's like, it's to the point where I don't even know, like, you know, it's, it's, and I don't know put his business out there, but take a wild idea. We ain't talking about a hundred million dollars. You're talking about fucking for real paper now. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. And, and there's, there's one cat in the company that runs the whole company. No one's even met. Nobody. Q's the only person who's met him. There's a dude, you know, in Texas that runs there. The servers are different areas. There's a cat in Miami. There's a couple of white dudes. I've seen a couple yeah. of white dudes involved. Lebanese, and then another dude is, is, is Puerto Rican, and then there's another dude that was Haitian, and there's just different cats, whatever. He's got attorneys. He has to have attorneys all the time. You know, he gets, what, fucking 10,000 subpoenas a month because of all the fights. Yeah. There's so much fucking legal shit that goes on. But it's, it's a crazy. machine. It's a crazy machine. In, out of this world, Kanye himself said, listen, even if I don't want to look at this shit, I have you're, to. You're going to look at and, 48 and, and, hours can't go by. And, and right now, all these major media companies are, are, are using oh, it's Worldstar. Like, I, don't, I don't go to Worldstar. I don't you want know. to support Worldstar. The but I'll click, on, I'll click on the site, and I'm looking at the video with the Worldstar logo, which is crazy. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's real quick. It's, it's you know, he's my, my firstborn son's godfather. I was wow. just going to mention, it's funny that uh, Combat brings that, because here's my question to you, you know. Um, you know, you, you come off as a guy... Who knows so many people from all different walks of life? Yeah. What made you? And no shade to him, but what made you choose him? To Out of everybody. Your, to, yeah, to be your firstborns. Godfather. Me and him was Godfather. out. Of, me and him was out of town. I won't say where we were. We weren't in Cali. We weren't. You know, we were somewhere different. We were out on some retreat shit. And I laid into him about a few things. He's got three kids, three beautiful kids. You know, who I love. They're, they're great kids. And then um. His spiritual level was way different on the average motherfucker, where he came from, certain things. I don't condone a lot of things he might do. He might condone things I do. You know, you don't really fuck with this certain things. But there was a, it was a special conversation I had with him about bringing a firstborn. I was so excited about having my first kid finally. I've been wanting to have a kid since I was 30, you know. And it was like, man, it's finally going to happen. And I thought about it. And I said, Q, man, check this out, bro. I was like, you know how many people. My best friend had passed away, Jonas, yeah. rest in peace. And you from know, LRG. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that fucked me up. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm still fucked up by it. My pops passed, and it, it was, this hit me a little harder. It was weird. I had a funky relationship, you know. So, you know, with Q, the way he broke down a lot of shit and the way he dealt with people and haters and everything else, was like, bro, you know, the bad news, the good news, I put it out there. Exploitation. And it was some other shit that was more of a private conversation. No wives around, nothing. It came down to, like, one of my best friends I've known for, like, 20 years. And I looked at where he evolved in life, and he used his best friend because of time. Default, you won because of time. Mm-hmm. And then I realized what this person was doing with their life. What kind of progression? What kind of this? What kind of this? What kind of this? I bought into a nonprofit organization. I own one in Seattle called FriendlyEarth.org. He has started doing a lot of charity, started feeding poor people. Whether people want to say this, that, and the third, I've seen money come out of his pocket. To help talk- people that don't I'm have sorry. money. I'm sorry. Fuck the pocket. That's a metaphorical term. Bank account checks mm-hmm. being produced to feed people on Skid Row. My area, my, you know, L.A., feeding a lot of people, doing good, doing good. And um, he helped a lot of people out. He put a lot of money out there, tried to blow some people up artist-wise, this and that. Me and him connected on a few things. I never asked him for no money. There was never that type of relationship. He bought some jewelry. After a certain point, I was kind of just like, I'm just providing you a service, fam. I'm not trying to get no money, whatever. And it was that point where I realized where he stood in my life and where others stood in my life. And I said, man, you know what? This dude is a perfect candidate. It may sound like some some favoritism, false, materialistic type bullshit, but when it got down to it, I said, listen, man, someone's got to be there for my son, somewhat with the goals that I have, spirituality, whether it be Buddhist, everything else. He doesn't believe in one religion per se, but he believes that all religions, you know, he has a, he takes a good piece of every single one of them, whether it be Muslims, Christians, Catholics, and um, 
it was important to me that was him. And on top of that, I felt like, you know what? I want my son to be, if God forbid anything happens to me, I know my son is taken care of. Yeah. There's other people, but like he's really going to be taken care of. And he takes to my son like on a whole different level. Their, their relationship is, is different. Real. So people think on my Instagram, you see, I'm going to tell you real shit. Like I'm talking straight up, 100% being honest. I probably pass 20% of the cool shit that happens in my life. Mm. Because then it'd be some fed shit. It'd just be some crazy shit. <laughs> my wife, it'd be, it just, I'm just being real with you. If you notice now, I rarely post. It's yeah. like once every three days. I can go a week. I've gone weeks, <laughs> this and that. I'm really trying to be a little different. Another thing too, the TV station was, was uh, muting all my shit and this and that, whatever. But me and Q, you know, he's, he's a different dude behind the, um, the shit. And I saw it and I was like, all right, cool. And it's a business and it's making money. And what do you do? All right, we'll put it to some good and, you know, it somehow neutralizes it out. So that's, you know, I chose him. He's a solid dude. And, you know, if, if he were to change that, then then it is what it is. And my godfather, you know, I, I always have my brother-in-law. I got my brother. Yeah. I got other people. Yo, man, Ben, thank you, B. Oh, thank you I very mean, much. I mean, you, you, you gave us decades of history, man. man. And, and, and I know it's only just beginning for you, man. And I, I left it out. Yeah. It's, I left a lot out. And at, at, I'm almost 42 now, right? I have so much more, I feel like, to accomplish. There's so much more shit all this yeah, shit just opening up yeah. and these cat 40 is the new 30 no 40 is the new 20 for me right now because it's so much shit if I was 20 right now I feel don't, don't let Chuck D hear you say that man <laughs> Chuck D said don't yeah, say yeah, he said, <laughs> what, is, 10, respect, 10, is 10 the new to zygote no I'm just saying <laughs> no, I, I, I but, but I hear Chuck. you no, but, but I hear you man it's just now people get a second win people get, people get second chances second third chances yeah, yeah. I'm like right now on your fifth it's, it's like but not just that like now this steamroller is about to just start taking cats out. And, you know, people say don't hold grudges. And I don't necessarily, to a certain extent, I leave it some, you know, at a certain you place. never forget. But people see that Lamborghini. People are like, why don't you get a black? Why don't you get white? I got orange because it's pearl. When you see me in the street, it's such a fucking obnoxious color. Pop your it's shit just, right now. It's just Now like, he's popping yo, shit yo, into this. Yo, you, you, one thing I will say this, I would like to leave you on this, but, you know, um, your style, your just your your pause to this, but your mouthpiece you remind me of a old school uh, New York gangster man who who really and, and you always said that Coast. about Ben man yeah I I do it because you know what when me and Combat were talking about you and really just you know going over some of your uh, history I was like yo this 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 dude is you know I have friends that know him you know we, we don't know each other personally but you know friends are, right. are friends and I said yo this is the type of dude that could take a picture with the CEO of Google like a selfie like one day and you're like you know how the fuck did that happen <laughs> you know but one thing I will say you know like there's some people from you know. Off our, our listeners that may know you, that may not know you, you know, uh, take away the jewelry, take away the music industry, take away the cars, the money. On a, on just a short ending note, you know, who's Ben Ball? Back then, I was a lost cat who was just chasing after the hip hop dream, not the American dream, the hip hop dream of having the cars, the girls, the jewels, everything else. Now you take all that down, you strip it down. I'm a father, man. I'm a husband. You know what I mean? I'm trying to create a that's legacy. That's a whole new chapter right there. Whole man. different. I'm, I'm, that's what strip me down right now. And basically, right now, what I'm trying to do is, I'm just trying to provide a blueprint for my kids so that they can have a good life. I don't want them to experience any of that shit. I know built character to me. I don't want none of them to struggle ever. Yeah. And that's who I am. I'm just a provider. I'm a provider. I'm a, I'm, I'm a lover. I'm a lot more calm. And like I said, I'm a father. That's the most important thing in the world. And I'm just trying to be a decent, good husband. Internet, there, there you have it, man. Ben Baller, man. Thank you so much for Thank coming you on the so Combat Jack Show. 
Next thing that pops off, man, let us know. Oh, for you, sure. You know. And continue success, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, and, guys. And the real. next time you come here, you won't even be a guest. We've had cats that come, that come here and they're guests, and after that, they come here and they they help us interview other cats, man. So, no doubt. Whatever. So you got an open door, man. We got to go out to L.A. and then and take like a, one like you take the Lamborghini, I'll take the Ferrari. You know? <laughs> like we'll go whip around town. <laughs> now, Ben, man, once again, man, thank you for the thank you so much. Show. Seriously, for it's real. an S. You tune into the Combat Jack Show, the Combat Jack Show Stay tuned, and we're gonna wrap this up after this break. Internet, make sure you connect to the Combat Jack Show on all our social media platforms. Facebook.com, Combat Jack Show. On Instagram, Combat Jack Show. And on Twitter, Combat Jack Show. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Combat Jack Show. We're on iTunes, Combat Jack Show. I mean, listen, Internet, I'm telling you, we're on the website, the thecombatjackshow.com. Check it out. Word. Peace. Hey, yo, internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the combatjackshow.com. Premium, man. Go, man. Yo, man, like how the f- how much more was Ben Baller going to tell us, man? I, I mean, listen, we were on a roller coaster ride. That's what I was telling you. We're all over the place. Yeah, everybody wants to come on the show, right? And it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. Everybody got a story to tell. And, and, and like Chuck D said, man, this is the couch, man. So, so internet, celebrities, entertainers, executives, athletes, man, y- y'all know what it is, man, like. Y'all want to tell your story and your story's that engaging, man? Give us a call, man. Let us know, man. I'm excited, man, about our, our, our next guest, man, because, you know, a lot of cats have been saying, yo, man, y- y'all are reaching back to the old school cats, to the legends, and that's great. But why, why y'all not breaking or, or helping new acts break? You know what I'm saying? And we used to do that in the past, but yep. for, for some reason, man, we just moved into this zone. But I, I, I still like to keep it current, man. And, and I've been hearing about this brother for some time right now. Um, he signed to an amazing label. Yeah, Internet, I'd like to welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Boaz. Yeah, what up? Combat? What's going on, sir? It's love, baby. I'm happy to be here with you. Thank man. you, man. So you you signed to a uh, you you signed to a real successful label right now, man. Rostrum, man. Ain't no doubt, man. It's a it's it's a beautiful look, man. You know, we all from the hometown. I've been going hard for some time. I mean, and, and it's more like a. It's a family-orientated situation because, you know, we, we all pretty much recorded at the same studios, rocked at the same venues, you know what I mean? So when I met these cats, you know, they it was they had interest in me back then, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it was more so like I seen they focus on Wiz and shout out my man DJ Chef, you know what I mean? I was just really starting my own production company, Point Blank. So we was trying to take that from the ground, you know what I mean? But uh, in the same sense, Benji's like, yo, man, like if you ever need a one in the, you know what I'm saying, just remember to blink on me. So I... uh. I was working on this mixtape I had done before the last previous joint I dropped, Bases Loaded. And I'm, I'm shopping it around, you know what I'm saying? At this point, I'm getting a lot of interest from different labels. And my man already pitied the VP over there. And he's like, yo, man, before you, you know what I mean, really think about signing with some of these dudes, man, I think you should sit down with us and let's try to work something out, you know what I mean? Because we here and we, and, we, and we turned up, you know what I mean? So, I mean, look at their track record, man. Definitely. Mac Miller. Yeah. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Wiz Khalifa, yeah. Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. You, you can't be mad at that. We can't miss. You know what I mean? We, that's what I'm saying. It's a, uh, you know, it's a sense where it, it's so much passion put into it. You know what I mean? It, it's a compassionate thing where you ain't just being shunned by the CEO or you can't highlight him. You know what I mean? Benji the homie. I, if I need him, I call him up. You know what I mean? We get it done. So we just really working to give y'all the biggest independent album of the year. Okay. Man. Now, you're from a place called Larimer. Larmer. Larmer, yeah. Pittsburgh. What, what, what's up with that place, man? Because, you know, a lot of people don't know yeah. about Pittsburgh. Some people think Pittsburgh is not on the map. Some people think 
Pittsburgh is soft as shit. I don't, I'm not stupid enough to think that, man. But I'm, I'm gonna tell you this: Pittsburgh is as muddy as they come. You know what I mean? When you think of Pittsburgh, it, it, it reminds you of a spot like uh, Compton, Brownsville, mm. South Side of Houston. You know what I mean? North side of Philly. You know what I mean? You think of the east side of Pittsburgh, it's that type of spot. So, you know, it's, it is what it is, man. Not to say it's any different from anywhere else in the United States, but we get just as gully, you know what I mean? I read one of your interviews, man, and you said everybody you did music with is either in the penitentiary or dead. That was uh, closely working with, you know what I'm okay. saying? But it, it was just as time was going on and, you know, we wasn't reaching the level of success we wanted. You know what I mean? Brothers made decisions to do other things, so it was it, it was not easy staying focused and, and you know really keeping a dream in, in my foresight. So you know, rest in peace to brothers that ain't make it, and shout out to homies that's locked down. That's true. Now, now after you got signed to Rostrum, like you really got to, I guess, exercise your skill because you went on a tour, yeah. with Wiz Khalifa, Definitely. with Mac Miller, and with, with with Kendrick Lamar. Man, tell us about that. Shit was amazing, man. You know what I mean? At the time, we was just signing. You know what I mean? Everything was a fresh look, and and Wiz was starting to under the influence tour. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, like, yo, let me let me get a look. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll do that for you. So, so you, really, you just asked him on the muscle. I asked him, and then the label, like, yo, you know what I mean? So right. it it was a good look though. He 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 ain't curving. You know what I mean? He was open the door. You know what I mean? So I get on the tour, and I you know I've been performing for some time, but. I've never performed in front of 20,000, you know wow. what I'm saying? Mm. So when I steps out on that stage, whole nother look, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, it, it took a quick adjustment. Like, ah, if like, you want to stay on this stage. What had to adjust, man? Everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, Just, like give us some, give us some, give us, walk well, us through if something. You ever, if you ever, well, you should know this because you were, you were a live speaker. But when you perform in live, you try to engage everybody. Right. And I had never engaged that many people. So I'm like, wow, something new is manifesting before me. I got to adjust and see exactly what I got to do to captivate 20,000. On the fly, on the fly, you got to adjust. This shit was crazy. Was it intimidating, man? Did you ever freeze up for some shit? You, you ever had a bad show? I'll tell you this, man. I'm faithful. So right. I try to consider myself fearless, but it was challenging. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. When I seen it, I'm like, I'm I, glad you said that, man. I got to adjust like ASAP. Right. You know what I mean? So it, it was a challenge for sure. Now, I understand, man. This, I mean, not that anybody's career is a joke, man. But this is this is real, real, especially real for you, man, because you got three kids, man. You're raising three kids, man. man. Ain't no question. I mean, that got to get done regardless, you know what I mean? But even this and them seeing me, you know, because my oldest son's seven. Mm. So he been seeing me working for some time, you know what I mean? He know the grind. So they inspired, you know what I'm saying? And they even just, not just so much on being musicians, but being businessmen and, you know what I mean, really standing up. And I tell them always, I want y'all to be upright, independent, and outstanding, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And when you, you know, when you're speaking, teach them how to do clear speaking and everything, but just to be proud men, man. So that's the hardest job I got, man. The music is, yeah, you know, that's, that's easy. this is fun. Tell us about the name, man, Boaz. Boaz, that's my real name, man. And, I, you know, I'm by nationality, I'm a Moorish American, right? So, you're a Moorish American. I'm a Moorish American. I like that, man. That's what it is, man. So, you, you're into the Moorish sciences, man? Certainly. Okay. So, uh, explain, explain to the audience, man, what the Moorish sciences are, man. Uh, the Moorish science, well, let's, let's, let's put it this way science means sense, right? Mm -hmm. Moorish being the nationality of whom the so-called black people in this land is, right? Mm -hmm. So Moorish American is basically about 
linking yourself with the families of nations, proclaiming your nationality in a land where it's lawful to do so. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's basically about, you know, just proclaiming my nationality and linking myself with my ancestors and the uh, inhabitants of this land. I like that, man. Because recently, man, I've really been reading a lot about the Moors, man. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you that. I and, mean, and, well, and speaking about it also on the show here and there, man. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a touchy subject for me. Cause civilizing Europe and. Definitely. It civilized the world. Yeah, Shout out to Hakeem Green. Shout yeah. out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and even that, you know, I don't really. I've uh, been this way my whole life, you know what I mean? So I've never really took much practice from the internet. And it can get a bit radical, you know what I'm saying? And, and this is for this is for liberation. So I'm, I'm gonna just tell you to be careful how you take that in. You know what I'm uh, saying? Of course, man. Definitely. Now you got an album coming out. Yeah. This summer. Yeah. It's major, man. I've been working with some crazy producers, some the heat makers. Illmind. Illmind. Jim Johnson. Uh, mm. I've been. Uh, I was out in Cali messing with uh, Hit Boy. You know what mm. I mean? Like we, we trying to do some major things. I really want to make this the biggest independent independent album of the year. Right. And you see, like, it's it's wide open. It's it's waiting for me. It's the, the music industry is just waiting for somebody to say, they that it guy right now. And I, I think my flow nasty enough to do that. Now, when you signed the Rostrum, mm -hmm. they weren't the Rostrum that they are today. Well, how, how's it feel, man, watching this small label become a, a power player in the industry? Uh, I think it's... It's all by design, man. You know what I mean? It's, this shit come from hard work, man. And I remember when it, it like it wasn't that tough label, right? And it wasn't like nobody was like, "Hey, it all came from a strenuous grind, man." So it's a blessing, man, to be a part of that. You know what I mean? Because it ain't too many people that really get to say they they done it from the ground up. You know what I mean? And coming up with Rostrum, that's like the blueprint. So I, it's a, it's a blessing to be a part. I mean, of that. you've seen Wiz come up. And, and, and you've seen Mac come up, wow. man. And it's kind of crazy, though, because, you know, Mac's success was a little more rapacious than Wiz's, though, right? right? Wiz's grind was <laughs> vocabulary on yeah. point, right? Okay. <laughs> but uh, Wiz's, you know, Wiz's his grind was a little more strenuous Organ than the home. Organic. Yeah, definitely, right. man. And, you know what I mean? They worked hard for that, man. And, and I think that's why, you know, if you he got a real... Ah, type of attitude with the industry, man. That's because, you know, ain't nobody really, especially coming from Pittsburgh, you know what I mean? It's not much of a musical spotlight. It's not known as so the you really got, capital of you know, rap. You get the outsourcing, and you know what I mean? It's, you know, you 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 looking for that love from other receptacles in the game, and some cats is like, ah, you know, you all right, but we doing our thing right now. Right. So <laughs> when you can really say, ah, yeah, we done this, it, ah, it's a stroke, man. Now, now, I find it amazing that you got an album that's coming out soon. But you haven't named it yet. You haven't titled it. Is is that the freedom that comes with being with an independent? Uh, definitely. And even even in the sense of that, you know, when you, when you got, because actually I've been working so long, I've actually created two albums. Okay. And I had two ideas. So as we get closer to the date, and they, I'm like, you know, which which title is the music forming closer to? You know what I mean? So it ain't so much. Uh, that I don't know it. It's just which one do I want right. and what's going to be the best marketing tool for me. You know what I mean? So we close, but the, the music is solidified. And, and, and what's the closest? Can you give us an estimated date? Definitely. Uh, end of September. September, okay. I want to say, you know, the last so it's literally right around the corner. Most certainly. And, from and, here, from this day forth, you, you know, it ain't going to be nothing but action. Okay. Is the album done? Done. done. But I'm going to tell you this, which I learned from previous recordings that when you stay in working, 
It's never done. It's never done. It's never mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could mm-hmm. cook a banger tomorrow. They're like, yo, we taking that off. Yeah. We putting this Sequencing on. Sequencing it this no way doubt. and all For sure, it ain't done until you got to have that thing turned in and they ready to ship out. Yeah, man. Let's play a couple of records, man, from, this, from, from this album, man. The first track is called Like It Is. Like This. I mean, it's called Like This. It's called Like This. Like, you change, did, did you change the title or? Nah, you probably just heard it said like that over the, oh, you know what I mean? But nah, it's like this. But, and it's produced by Illmind. Produced by Illmind. How'd you, how'd you get in touch with Illmind, man? Me and Illmind got together basically politicking over the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's good friends over the internet with my man Chef. And Chef is like, yo. Dude, Illmind got some nasty beats. Illmind is ill, right? Man. And he shows me the credentials. He's like, I think you should check this kid out. I checks him out. I'm like, oh, my, this shit is crazy. My, my man in there, my man homie in was there. telling me. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. telling me. Big ups to homie. Now you did some stuff King, with, A King was managing him. <laughs> now you did stuff with Illmind in studio, or he sent you over? Beats? Nah, we went. That's that's the beauty of Yo, it. How ill how ill is Illmind's head, Bob? Whenever oh, he's putting some beats on, like, you I mean, know, he's you heard, like, you heard Illmind's bass. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Definitely. So when you when he making that shit, you be expecting this shit to pop off. You know, let's let's play this track, man. Like this. Check. Yeah. Mic check. Ill mind, what up? Yeah. I come off the tongue slick like Goldie. Star player, the rap budget can't hold me. Quick to change lanes, got a couple of choices. Either way, a nigga still eating mussels and oysters. Spilling champagne on bitches. Rockstar. Doing a Rick James on top of a cop car. Came like, uptown, 4,000 grams raw. Back home, had everything with the lockjaw. Lock now I'm like, in the BM and dismissing the roof. Huh? The Pittsburgh knives without a chip in his tooth. Free like, Benny Siegel, it's time to give him the truth. Huh? This one for the city, you know I did it for you. Like, bang, bang, nigga. Shining like a VS. Turn it up a notch on these plain J niggas. We ain't the same nigga. Use a lame nigga. Let my nuts hang like a yeah, man, that, that 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 shit is crazy, man. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this, man. You 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 mentioned Nas, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is, is he a great influence on you, man? Most certainly, man. He's one of the best to do it. He, he, this dude is 20 years strong, man. So you know, when you look at a career like his, you can only you can't help but be inspired, man. And what else are you talking about on this record, man? This record is it's it's a bit of everywhere, man. We talking about women. We talking about cars. We talking about clothes. We talking about uh. Uh, you know, life on the other side, life getting better from being worse. You know what I mean? We talking about being crazy on the microphone. You know what I mean? So it's just a real in your face, demanding your attention type of track. Like we rocks on the mic like this. You know what I mean? We whipping in the bins like this. You know what I mean? Like it's what? And and, and this is definitely like this is definitely gonna be in the album. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Now I want to play this next track, man. And the next record is called How We Law. Yeah. Featuring Junior Reed. I saw the video, man. Y'all went to Jamaica and that shit looks nice, man. Shit was crazy. L- let's let's play this record. Yeah. When you touch the street, it's a street respect. Oh. Now give them the room. Fick up text them. Nah. Jump up in the teens and we deal with that. Now violate the other. So you we do things in our own way. We do things in our own way. Baby boy from the block with the OG from Jamaica. Drinking rum by the barrel, smoking weed by the acre. We get straight to that paper. Whip a cake like a baker. Ain't no love in the streets. I keep my faith in my maker, my nigga. This for my homies from Kingston. No green cards. Wrapping them bells up with 10 gold rings on. My city live. 
my niggas live. Four cars going a hundred in the 55. Slide through the wrong block, you can get your bed rock. No disrespect to get to boy with the Nazi dreadlock. Boat shoes on the water, loaf snowshoe strings. Young rich fly niggas, that's how we do things. Why you Why Junior Reed, man? Because I thought you was Jamaican, man. I didn't, I didn't expect you to say you was Moorish American, man. I'm, I'm going to tell you this, man. My man, I've been working with this cat for some time. It's a production crew out of Brooklyn named K. Salam and Beatnik. I don't know if you ever heard of him. K. Salam and Beatnik. K. Salam and Beatnik. Okay. K. Salam's a big international DJ. I know K. Salam, yeah. No doubt. So uh, when we was, we've been rocking for some time. We get in the studio and he's like, yo. How you feel about trying something different, man? I'm, you know, I'm all around the world right now. I'm meeting a few cats, and you know, I got these couple reggae dudes, man. What you think about Blase? What you think about Blase? I didn't even hear those other names once he said Junior Reed. You yeah. feel me? I'm like, I, 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 you know the homie. He like, I, I can get a post on him, man. So I'm like, you know, let's reach out for him, man. Like, I, I, I love that dude. You know what I mean? If we can get together, that shit will be amazing. Reaches out. Next time I'm in New York, he like, yo. Junior Reed's here. I'm like, I'm not caught. Bring him through. <laughs> he comes through with Junior Reed. Junior Reed come through about 20 Jamaicans from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they, they come with a cloud, man. They came I, with that cloud. It, it was already smoky. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He walked clean into the cloud. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we get in. I played the track for him. It comes off natural, man. Like, I didn't even have to tell him. Yo, I want this, I want that. Before I can even say that, he's over there like, that's how we la, 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 la. So it, it just, and I'm like, yo, keep that. We, we going to build on that, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that that comes about. We knocks the track out. Immediately, we we knew it was just going to have that international feel. So I'm like, yo, right. we, we can't shoot this here, man. Like, we got to go to Kingston and shoot this. Now, now you go to Rostrum and say we need to go to Jamaica, man? Ain't no question. Yeah, They like, we feel you, dude. Like, there's no way we would be able to, even if you went to Miami, it's it would just be the certain things thing. you can't capture, right. you know what I mean? And we really wanted to just emerge into the culture down there, man, which was amazing. You know, you get down there, you see. You shot it in the Kingston? The heart of Kingston. Wow. We go to the garrison, right? And it's it's bugged out. You got everybody in this small-ass community outside, right? And we start in the daytime. So we, they, we goes all through this shit, and we walking through people's houses to get through different scenes, you know, walkways is homes nobody got doors i'm immediately feeling humbled and blessed at the same time right, right? but you, you can feel the love it's, and, i'm like and and jamaica is one of the most spiritual like every time i go there man i'm in tune me up yeah. man and i'm like damn like as crazy as you may conceive this shit the beach people got mad love in their heart man and they living fucked up mm. you know, i don't know nobody in my community Willing to walk without no shoes, right? They gonna kill a motherfucker. You know what I mean? So it was, it was amazing to see somebody with that sense of humility for me. It was just mad humbling. Beyond that, you know, we gets to the ghetto and it's just crazy. There's no way we would have been able to do this shit without Junior Reed. Without a pass, it was a ah ghetto red hot for you real. You know what I mean? So he like yo, you sound like yo. We come from the trench too, but you know what I mean it's a little gully down this <laughs> motherfucker. Man. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I know, but it's love. I mean, he really. Proud, man. Yeah. I mean, like these motherfuckers is proud to be from this place, man. So it was a beautiful look, man. We knocked the video out. Shout out MTV. They aired it immediately. Yeah, you know man. Saying? It was a good look. So how, how's how's that record doing right now, man? In terms it was of good, man. Yeah. We just got mad. We get mad press on it. VH1 just picked it up on one of their TV shows. You know what I mean? Radio, TV. I, I can't complain at all how, about this. How show. is it, man? Watching yourself on TV right now, man. 
Because you'd watch yourself on the internet. Uh, yeah, it's this, a little This is your first record that's on TV right now, for real, for real. It, it was my second. I did one when we was on tour, MTV Cop, my way. And we okay. Did, so that was, but it was different than actually shooting your video and seeing your vision right. on TV. It was liberating, man. You know, it, it's like the, even the people that's with you, this guy's on my team, man. You know, he, he like, yo, you on MTV, motherfucker. So it's like, <laughs> it, it's exciting to see people around you get inspired all over again like wow so it was a beautiful look for the city nice man one question man one, one last question man what do you bring into the game what is boaz bringing into the game that's boaz. completely separate uh than, than than anything that anybody's ever brought to the game in the past 40 years i can't say i'm bringing anything different i, I can say i'm renewing the process of everything you've liked great you know what i'm saying over the years I, that's what i'm inspired by so I can't say I'm doing anything then better, but I'm trying to do it just as good. And when I get to that point, you know what I'm saying, of where it allows me to take it to that next level, I trust I can do that. You know what I mean? But that's a, you know, that's a serious. I, I'm trying to stay as humble as I can. I know how tenacious I am, what I'm capable of. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like. I want to give thanks and praise to those before me that 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 did it all the way live. You know what I mean? Because them is my inspirations, man. So I'm bringing originality, authenticity, you know what I'm authenticity, realness, love, inspiration, education. You know what I mean? Everything you want to hear in a in an artist of quality, them is my virtues. Real serious question, man. Shoot, blunts to the head, man. Could you could you go toe to toe with Wiz? I, see, he don't smoke blunts. No, but James, uh, paper. Planes, paper planes. I smoke him out. Oh yeah, I smoke for real. Out. I smoke him down. You will smoke Wiz down. Listen, man, I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pittsburgh's one of Pittsburgh's original smokers, man. He tell you, man, we lit the studio up, man. You feel me? All types of strange clouds, man. So you know, I'm sure he found himself inspired by some of those clouds, man. So <laughs> you know what I mean? We. We we smokes good, man. I ain't. I don't think nobody gonna smoke me under the table. Okay, Uncle Snoop. I know. Uncle, I know if he hear Uncle, this, he gonna take this as a challenge. But what about Uncle Snoop, man? Nah, I I smoke all day and all night. You know, I want to <laughs> leave here and go smoke right now. You know what I mean? So you know, it's smoking is a it's a uh, it's a real good Passover for me, man. Okay, I think if I wasn't smoking, I'd be probably treated with some type of mental condition. Okay, you focus, right? <laughs> I just chill. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm a just uh, ah, I'm everywhere with it, man. So being able to just sit down and really relax and calm my nerves naturally is the best. What what's, what does I mean? It's your real name, but but Boaz, What does that mean, Boaz? Boaz, uh, it I'm I'm not really quite sure of the meaning, but the history of the brother. You know what I'm saying? Whom was a ancestor of Jesus, and you know taught to be that that genealogy throughout which Jesus came. The uh, grandfather of Jesse, he was a wealthy landover, and he was the link to uh, reinstating the land for the Moabites. Okay. So if you're familiar I, with- I, I wasn't expecting it to be that deep, but I- well, you're you. familiar with Ruth, right? Yeah, of course. Now, Ruth was our ancestry, yes. right? Yeah. So, you know, this is how it links up. Boaz is who blessed her with children, gave them the land that was taken from Naomi. So it's a beautiful history, man. It's a blessing to be named after somebody like that. I, I tell you, combat. One thing I gotta say about this dude, man. You paint one hell of a good picture. That's what it is, and, man. And 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 and, and I, I hope you take that and put that in in everything you do, man. Hey, man. You know what? 
And this is really the, the the fly part about it, man. When you get to really get here and they get to see you from behind the music and really, you know what I mean, know if you got any sense, you know what I mean? So I really want to, you know, I ain't trying to come off like I'm telling you to do something wrong. Mm. Even, and in the music, you may hear a lot of that. But in the same sense, you're going to hear the yang to it, you know what I mean? So just, you know, just just take it and learn from it, man, because it's all, even beyond that, it's a lot of real life experiences in that, man. So I just want to be an inspiration, man, in the right way. Mm. Your Boaz, this I got, I got a feeling, man. This this rocket is about to take off, man. You're on a strong label. It's a good look. Um, man. the momentum with over there is, is crazy. Yeah, you got a you got crazy pedigree with with your label mates, man. Like, what are you expecting, man? Greatness, man. You know what I mean, I, I'm expecting success, not and not because it's just it's something I've been working for. You know what I mean? I ain't willing to let it go. You know what I mean? I'm not one to really. I don't take failure. You know what I mean? So it, it's a beauty to have this. I've had a career where it's just been a. It's been an uprising. You know what I mean? Not a very quick one, but it's it's been a steady it's grind steady uphill. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, Which is the best kind of journey, man. Definitely. So once we reach that token where they're like, all right, now you hear what you're going to do with it. Oh, I'm going to jet with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And enjoy it. Next year, man, when you win the Grammy, man, you're not going to change on us, are you? Yo, that's crazy. You, you, it's kind of wild because I ain't been asked this question this much in my life <laughs> as I've been asked this week. But I got this joint in the cut, right? Mm-hmm. Between me and you, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to get John Legend on this. Ooh, yo, shit's electric, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I already know we gonna have a a Grammy song, if I get the homie on it, even if not, it should still be. No, nah, no, nah, you ju- you just spoke that into existence, man. Mm-hmm. Ain't no your John Legend, stop playing, man. Yeah, listen, no Boaz, man. Anything else you want to tell the internet, man? Follow your homie on Twitter, on Instagram at Boaz four one two. Check out the SoundCloud BoazOfficial dot and just stay tuned, man. We got all types of flyness coming throughout the summer. By the end of the summer, you should have an album. You know what I mean? Stay, stay on the lookout for that title and the and the whole marketing scheme. Because when I put out the uh, when I drop the title to the to the album, I'm gonna do a title track. I'm gonna do a video. It's gonna be a big look for the city, man. So big up Pittsburgh. Let's get it on, combat. Yo, thank you very much, man. And I, and I really you, wish you man. the best, man. Likewise, my brother. Yo, Pete, man. It's that time, right? That's it. We followed up uh, a great episode with another one. Yeah, man. Listen, internets, you know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Blau. Blau. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menner, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.